Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, January 11th. Time for Destination Health. We are here live. Lauren is joining me this morning. We don't have any guests, so today is really all about you and what you want to talk about. We're going to open the phone lines right now, 855-950-3835. Jump in and join us. The phone lines will get busy. They always do. We'll get to those calls and questions here in just a couple minutes. I'm going to bring Lauren in. Lauren, welcome back and good morning. Good morning to you, Kevin. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good great to, to have back. you here. We have no guests today. Um, we can uh, talk about whatever we want to talk about. I have a couple things we can talk about, and then we'll uh, we'll get to calls and questions. Anything on your mind this morning? Yeah, so... <laughs> So I forgot to mention it last week, but during the holidays, we had a, a big freeze, which doesn't typically happen. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I know you live in an area where that's, you know, kind of the norm this time of the year. Isn't that true? Right. Well, yes, sort of. It's kind of surprising for as far north as we are, we're in a really, really mild zone. So it's 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 just weird for us. I've talked about it in the garden because they do everything by zones, you know, plant this plant by this date. And the interesting thing mm-hmm. is our growing zone here is the same as like South Texas. Oh, wow. It's, okay. it's really bizarre because we talking. we don't get very many freezes. So that that's part of why our growing zone is that it's just so mild. Um, but we don't have those, the, the long days, you know, the farther South you get, the longer the days are, um, they don't shorten as much. So we don't, so it's just a really weird area here weather wise. I mean, I can go 20 minutes in either direction most days and the weather will be different. Okay. Gotcha. So you're like in a kind of like a little micro climate there that's slightly different. Yeah. It's it just uh, really bizarre. Now, I will say most our, our average winter temperatures are like low 40s. So okay, it will get some and we'll get a lot of rain and fog. And then if it does get colder, you know, if it gets down into the low 30s, then we'll get snow. If not, we'll get rain. This year, it seems to just keep switching back and forth between the two. Got it. Well, we don't typically freeze here. It's very, very rare. Like, yeah. I want to say, I want to say that a lot of people who have grown up here said they've only seen this a handful of times and they haven't seen it in like a decade either. Yeah. And so we got down to the low 20s for wow. a few days in a row. Yes. And we have a lot of tropical and subtropical plants in our yard. Yeah. Um, hibiscus, bananas, sea grapes. I could go on and on. And we were in South Florida at the time. And when we returned, <laughs> um, we were a little shocked to see that everything pretty much is brown. I'll and bet. we don't know what to do. <laughs> So it's going to be an interesting spring. I'll tell you that. 
Yeah, uh, for the most part, you, you kind of have to start over. You know, I lived in Florida for 14 years in Orlando and uh, spent some time on Daytona Beach and a couple other places in Florida. And, you know, it, it's so cool if you like landscaping and gardening because you can grow these really exotic, tropical, like you said, even subtropical plants. They're beautiful, uh, but they can get wiped out every now and then too. And you just, you have to start over. And then you decide, do I really want to go back and do the, you know, the more exotic plants and risk it again? Or do I stick with stuff that's just safe? Exactly. And that's where we are right now. I mean, I love having, you know, the bees and the hummingbirds. Yeah. You know, all of the, the pollinators. I love being able to contribute to that. And it's just nice to have, you know, some tropical pop yeah. of color here and there. Yeah. But we had, we ha I say had in the past tense because I don't think they're going to come back, but our hibiscus were about 12 feet tall and they grew three to four feet every single year. We would cut them back drastically and I'm not, I'm not sure they're going to come back. <laughs> you know, I'd be surprised. I know that's really cold for Florida, but hibiscus are just everywhere down there and i don't ever remember seeing any of them die now like you said there are people there that have been there their whole life and said this was unusual so maybe this will be enough to to wipe out some of those but they they seem so hardy you would think and so i you know it's hard to not go through all of these you know plants and kind of cut them back and clean them up because i mean they literally look like shriveled brown yeah. Nothing. Like yeah. Okay. And everyone, you know, I, I read a, several articles that said to wait till the spring. And yeah. I'm just thinking, is that, I, I think part of it is that they, you know, for the concern, you know, concern that there could be another uh, freeze. And then if you cut everything back and everything, it's just more vulnerable. vulnerable. Right. Exactly. That, that's part so of it. You know, we're waiting, but. I did something different on my garden this year. Normally at the end of the season, I clean the whole garden up, you know, take out all the old plants, trim everything back. I usually do that in the fall. And I kept reading more and more that just leave it. That's the habitat for all the good bugs you've been trying to bring into the garden and let those plants just decompose back into the soil and then do the cleanup in the spring. So I'm trying that this mm -hmm. year. It's hard, though, because it's just ugly. You know, I like it when it's nice and neat and tidy. And, and now everything's just kind of ugly and it's just kind of a mess. But when I look at it, it does seem to be the better way. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I have the same I, I have the same uh, kind of feeling when I look at ours. It's, it looks messy. It looks, it, right. you know, unkept. And yeah, very difficult to not get out there and just start pulling all those leaves <laughs> off and exactly. you know, scratch a few barks and I see a little green under there. So I'm thinking maybe it'll come back, but yeah. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to wait and see really. All right. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like I said, we normally don't see really cold temperatures here. If we get into the twenties, that's cold for us. Doesn't happen all that often. We actually got single digits this year. We got down under 10. That's the first time oh. since I've lived here in Oregon, which has been over 10 years. It's the first time we've ever gotten that cold. That's pretty chilly. Yeah. <laughs> Not used to that. Yeah. Um, something I want to talk about. Um, I've been talking about Twitter a lot lately. And 
I'm just not sure if people realize how important of an issue this is. You know, we we kind of think, oh, yeah, it's social media, it's Twitter, big deal. Um, And I've talked about the fact that I just have not been on Twitter. Almost really never. I mean, I created an account way back when, really didn't understand the whole concept. This, you know, for me, trying to say something in 140 characters just doesn't work. Um, And I just didn't see... (laughs) any real business benefit to it. And for the most part, my time on social media is really about business. I I don't do much personal (laughs) stuff on social media. I'd rather be out doing other stuff. So for me, social media is business, really. And I didn't see the, the real benefit to Twitter. Then by the time I did start to see the benefit. When you you started to see a lot of people were on Twitter, it was uh, a lot of news was being shared on Twitter. Uh, a lot of really good opinions from people you may never have heard of. But by the time I realized that was happening, they were already starting to censor people fairly heavily, especially in the health world. You know, we, we now we talk about, you know, this government censorship of Twitter around politics. and But the health world was the first group really to be heavily censored on social media. We talked about it years ago. It's why we moved off of Facebook. So when Elon Musk decided to buy Twitter, I thought, you know what, this should be a good time to go back and see what it's all about. Um, What he's doing is pretty incredible. I don't care what you think about Elon Musk or not, but he has been releasing what he calls the Twitter files. Uh, it's, Mm -hmm. It's criminal what was going on between the government and these social media companies. It's criminal how many people had accounts just deleted. You know, we hear about the big names. Obviously, we talked about the fact that a sitting president was deleted off of Twitter, and yet the Taliban still had an account. I mean, it was just insane. But what what even I didn't realize was how many people you've never heard of that got banned and deleted and censored on Twitter, a lot of doctors. And they're all flooding back in now. And there really isn't much censorship going on at all anymore. There's there's still some weird little anomalies. But there are now so many doctors that are reporting on vaccine injuries. This is, I, I think, if we ever get to the real truth about this vaccine and COVID and everything that's gone on, it's going to be because of Twitter. Nothing else. This stuff was being hidden really well, and it is exploding on Twitter now. Part, you know, part of what's allowing it is the fact that Twitter isn't being censored. The other thing I think that really brought this to the forefront was the Bills football player the other day collapsing on national TV, and people started talking about it. The last couple yeah. of days, this is not an exaggeration. I, I have been spending quite a bit of time on Twitter. And because of I follow a lot of doctors and natural doctors, I, I keep seeing these reports of sudden death. I, I, how long have we been talking mm. about this? A, a, over a year now. Uh, I would say, look, I have this list. I'm saving it. People started sending me stories. I, I could stop collecting stories right now. It, here's what was happening the last couple of days on Twitter. I'll get on Twitter. I'll start scrolling through my feed. I'll see another report of some sudden death. 
and I'll look at who's posting it. I'll go, oh, I've never seen that group before, that doctor. So I'll start to follow that doctor. Then I scroll through my feed again. Oop, there's another one. Now we're talking within minutes. You know, I used to say, boy, I get one of these every day. I get them uh-huh. so often now, I can't, can't even explain. So then I'll go back, scroll my feed again. Oh, look, there's another one, and that's a different doctor. I'll follow that doctor. It was nonstop. I could follow a new doctor, post the sudden death articles they were talking about, and before I could scroll through my feed again, I'd have another one to go post. I I sat there for hours and posted these things nonstop. Unbelievable. I mean, I come across them, but I'm not on Twitter. So it's very rare that I come across them and I started saving them as well. Just, I don't even know why I've started saving them. I just thought there's so many that at some point I'm going to want to reference this and show someone that this is just, this is unbelievable. It truly is. Um, But that's interesting that you're seeing so many. Well, I said this yesterday. If people, if they don't believe me, if you want to verify this, it's really easy. Go to Twitter, Mm -hmm. find me, look at the doctors I'm following and follow them. And your feed will get flooded with these sudden deaths. It's insane how many there are. Wow. That's so sad. That it, 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 I, I hope that it's finally going to break because of this and we have to start talking about it. They are now pushing their new updated boosters. So there's a couple things going on here, really. There's the issue of sudden death. That's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the big deal there. Once you're dead, you're dead. There's also the issue of yeah. like this Buffalo Bills player, and there was another big college basketball player just recently, and he collapsed, but he didn't die. Well, mm-hmm. you know, why are there a lot of athletes? You know, this seems to be really focused around athletes, although there are a ton of stories also of like newscasters, because I, I bet I've got not exaggerating, I bet if I went through my whole list, I bet I've got 50 examples of newscasters collapsing while they're doing their show. Yeah. Now, I the mean, athletes, there were, what, three in the Olympics alone? Yeah. Or the, sorry. Yeah. The World was Cup, it, what was yeah. It? Oh, it, it, it was uh, the World Cup. Sorry, sorry, the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's just kind of mind-boggling This stuff never happened before. Well, we say never happened. It did. There are some numbers out there if you dig really deep. But it was was pretty darn rare. Now, the athletes, they're speculating, the reason we're seeing so many athletes is there may be a lot of people walking around with this heart damage. But if you don't exert yourself too much, you may not know it. But... Mm -hmm. Have some sort of, you know, what about somebody going out and shoveling snow? You know, we know that every winter people die of heart attacks shoveling snow. It's way too much exertion for somebody who isn't used to exerting that much. These athletes are probably being highlighted because they're pushing their bodies to the limit. So they're like the canary in the coal mine. We need to pay attention to this. So we have the issue of dying. We have the issue of, well, if you've collapsed and had some sort of of an event, 
aren't you going to be pretty worried that this is going to happen again? I, I, I don't know Absolutely. if these athletes should go back to competing. I know. Well, I mean, so so there's the the heart issues or, you know, these random, I'm assuming that most of these collapses are having to do with some kind of a heart cardiovascular right. issue. Um, and then the sudden death, it's hard to say, a blood clot or whatnot. But you would think, because athletes are, they, they're very monitored. They know exactly. what they, right. they know their limits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you would think and hope that some of them would come forward and say, you know, at least start asking the question publicly. Yes. And, and they, they must be, people must be reaching out to them immediately trying to get them to, to not ask the questions because I don't know how it's possible that no one's asking questions. Yeah, I know. And like I said, if you look at what was happening, we know the mainstream media does not want to cover this stuff. And you know what? It's not hard to figure out why. Watch TV, pick up a newspaper or a magazine. Who is the largest single group of advertisers virtually in this country now? It's not even close. Big Pharma. Yeah, Pharma. I, well, exactly. There's Big Pharma will not allow those those people to talk about this. They spend way too much money on them. So mainstream media won't talk about this. Social media would have been the place to get this out, except that was being censored. So you think, well, how could have all this have gone on and nobody knows? Well, think about if you're the one injured even. How do you let anybody know? If the news people won't talk to you and you try to put it out on social media, if you don't have, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers, you're not going to make any impact with this. Very true. So I, I really hope that this this massive change going on at Twitter is going to be what, you know, really allows us to, to there are many, many doctors around the world now saying the shots have to stop immediately. No more questions. We just have to stop this vaccination program until there's real testing and we start talking about these numbers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we just don't know. And that's the thing. They rolled this out and they didn't know. Yeah, it did. And there's just way too much evidence. So um, I really am encouraging people. You know, I've never been a big promoter of telling people to get on social media, but I really am encouraging <laughs> people to get on Twitter. Um, we've got to talk about this. I, there are so many other things around health that we could be talking about as well. Uh, but this is a big one. And mm -hmm. I think if we can we can get enough people interested in this topic and we can do something about it, then maybe that will create some momentum because here's the next one. Um, have you heard what they want to do with fat kids now? Okay. I've seen it come up, but I don't know the details. Is yeah. it some it, kind of drug? Well, here's, it, it's just a basic set of guidelines for doctors. So there isn't any new drug or anything okay. like that, but it's a set of guidelines for doctors <laughs> that now says if you have an obese child as a patient, you have got to consider drugs and surgery for them. Oh 
my gosh. Whatever happened to the basic educating people on diet and that kind of uh, stuff? We do none of that. We know that if we just, you know, educated people on just metabolic health, that COVID wouldn't be nearly as much of a problem. We don't even bother talking about that. Nobody in it, there's nobody in the mainstream media. Nobody's talking about how just some dietary changes could have made people a lot safer from COVID. But now we're going to take fat kids and we're going to shoot them up with toxic drugs or just cut out body parts. Wow. One of the things we know about all of the um, weight loss surgery type thing, there's a whole bunch of different methods. Gastric bypass is kind of the generic term. One of the things we absolutely know about that procedure, it really, really affects the body's ability to absorb nutrients. Definitely. The number one issue. We have a a standard American diet that is so lacking in nutrition. That's why a lot of us are already sick. And then when that standard American diet does so much damage to somebody that they're obese, then what do we do? We perform surgeries or give them drugs that exacerbate the problem. Doing this gastric bypass surgery is not going to make somebody healthier. Isn't the point of not being obese because we want to be healthy, right? Yeah. So if we have this surgery that maybe, maybe helps you lose weight temporarily, there's not a lot of good evidence for these things long term, but really compromises your ability to absorb nutrients. What are we doing to these kids? How sick are these kids going to be for the rest of their life? Well, that's the thing. You know, I'd say I've worked with between 10 and 15 people just last year who have had some form of a, of, you know, a gastrointestinal surgery where they bypass or they, you know, make the stomach smaller or whatnot. The probably the best negative side effect is that, Oh, their stomach stretched back out and they gain the weight back. Yeah. That that's her, those people are the lucky ones. Because I work with people that literally can't keep food down. There's all this dumping going on. Yeah. They can't absorb nutrients and they're some of them are losing entirely too much weight. And it's because they can't they can't absorb any nutrients. Right. Their body is, you know, completely void of all the important things. And so yeah, I can't imagine starting that with, with children. And that's going to be recommended for children? It is recommended. That is the new recommendation. It, in fact, it's more than a recommendation. It's almost an order. You know, like doctors are told, look, if, if you have a patient with a high cholesterol number and you don't prescribe a statin, you could be held responsible for that. Now, they're saying the same yeah. thing. If wow. you have obese, if you have fat kids, and you don't recommend prescription drugs or surgery, that's, you know, that that's, we expect you to do that. We're telling you to do that. Now, the, the surgery obviously is really extreme. Hopefully we don't see too much of that going on. But in our society mm-hmm. where everybody thinks every answer comes in a pill, how easy is it going to be for these parents to go, oh yeah, let me just give him some Wigovi, which is a, powerful toxic diabetic drug to help him lose weight what is that going to do oh. to kids whose 
whose bodies aren't even developed yet. Their brains aren't developed yet. I, 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 this is just exactly. criminal in my opinion. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. So sad. It really is. All right. Um, we've got a couple calls coming in, but I want to talk about something interesting that I've just discovered on my stress protocol. You know, this is, pro- no, not probably, without a doubt, this is the longest running project I've ever worked on. Um, it's like the project that never ends. But I think there's a good reason for that. Had I released this a year ago when, when I thought I was done, uh, there actually was a time about a year ago I thought I was done with this. And then things happened and I went, you got canned off serious and our whole company changed and, uh, you know, things had to get put on hold. So then I came back to it. And when I did, I discovered some pretty big new things that I had missed last time. And then I put it off again because I got, you know, all excited about the Hot Honey Project and wanted to spend all my time on that. And I, I've just got way too many projects going on right now and I need to start finishing some. But I'm glad that it worked out this way with the stress protocol. Things happen for a reason. So I, I don't... Let me think of the easiest way to explain this. So you know how we were using the, the Garmin watch and the, the instant stress reading and the body battery to kind of guide me through this, right? Definitely. Because we get instant feedback on what's working. Is this really either, you know, breaking some stress for us or is this making us more resilient to stress? I, I, I'm able to measure those things. So if I go back a year, two years ago, when we first started using this measurement, the, this stress level, and the, the watch uses a scale zero to 100, basically zero to 25 is what they consider rest. Virtually no stress at that point, and your body will recover, you'll think better. I mean, that's just a really good place to be. Then 25 to 50 is considered low stress, But if you stay in the 25 to 50 range all day, you'll probably watch your body battery deplete throughout the day. If you get up to 50 to 75, they consider that medium stress. You really watch your body battery start to come down. And then 75 to 100 is high stress. In my opinion, about the only time we want to be at 75 to 100 is when we're doing it to build our stress. Uh, otherwise, we, we should not be up at that level. That's almost what I'm starting to see is actually a pretty bad sign. Um, if, you, if your body can get up to those numbers, it's not handling stress well. So we, we want to get to a place where our everyday activities don't put us in that much stress and that our body is very mm-hmm. resilient to stress. But there's just a, a lot to try to figure out here. So a typical pattern for me would be, and I have even said, ideally, I'd love to be able to get to 100, you know, every morning, start with a full body battery. And wouldn't it be cool if I could be at zero every night and then back to 100 every morning? It'd be like, you know, maximizing my day. Um but the more I learn, the more I see the goal really isn't that. We, we can do better than that. We could get to where we get our body battery to 100 every morning and it never drops below 50. So we stay between 50 and 100 all the time. Why would we want our body battery to deplete? But I didn't know that was possible. 
So something recently happened that is really strange, and I've got to go try to figure out. It happened exactly the way I hoped that it would, but now that I see it, I think, wow, could it really just be that easy? So when I was doing the physical stress protocol that I've worked out, the breathing, the cold exposure, the resistance training, um, the, the infrared saunas, several things would happen pretty quickly. It'd start to see HRV go up, which is a really good sign, probably one of our best measurements of health. HRV would start to go up a couple points a day sometimes. Uh, my body battery would start to climb and and... But it, the pattern was still, you would, I could get to really low stress during the night if everything was right. And then during the day, you would see the stress levels come up and your body battery start to go down. And I thought that was the pattern we were looking for. Except something happened mm-hmm. in the last several weeks. I found a new pattern and it's consistent right now that yes, well, many days in, well, every day this week, and a little bit last week it had started, my stress level throughout the day almost never goes above 25 all of a sudden. Like my show, you know, you could see these patterns in my show where, you know, I'd be up at probably, you know, low to mid stress levels, not in the rest area. And then I'd have these spikes up into high stress probably when I got excited or, you know, whatever it might be. Well, all of a sudden I've got this pattern where I barely ever break 25 throughout my whole show and throughout the day. The only way I can even get my stress levels up now really high is to do the physical part of the stress protocol, which I've stopped because I I wanna see these results from not the physical stress part. There are two other parts to this. One is the adaptogens and the other is just other supplements. So I stopped doing the physical part while I'm working on the adaptogen supplement part. And all of a sudden, this new pattern shows up. And I'm just wondering, are the adaptogens and the supplements this powerful? Could this be one area where it really is the adaptogens and the supplements doing most of the work? Really interesting. So that's the only thing that's changed because you're not doing the physical protocol. So when you say the physical protocol, so you're not even doing the breathing exercises at the moment or the the sauna or anything. Okay. Not even the cold therapy. Nope. Wow. I, so I, I dropped those things about six weeks ago. Now I, I'm not going to say I haven't done them. Um, occasionally yeah, I've gotten into the sauna and done some breathing. I can say in the last six weeks, I haven't done any resistance training at all. Maybe two or three times I got in the sauna uh, and did the breathing. I haven't done the cold exposure for six weeks. What I have been doing, and, the, and maybe it's even longer than that. I think it is. Um, we could go back to the first show when Danielle gave me the um, the adaptogen protocol, remember? Mm-hmm, yep. So that's when I quit doing most of the physical stuff. Like I said, I threw in a couple sessions here and there, nothing consistent at all. Um, And Mm -hmm. just started working on the adaptogens themselves. And I immediately said I was starting to get some results. It was mostly around sleep. 
Then um, I had a chance to work with Biotics on a couple ideas, and we're, we're formulating a couple supplements to go along with this. We're going to create our own supplements around this. So I did start those, but it, it's really not much. Um, it, it's like inositol, which is a powder, and I'm just putting that in the functional drinks I was already doing every day. And then it's really only maybe two or three other pills. There's not a lot of supplementation going on, but between those two things alone with no physical protocol, all of a sudden I've created this new pattern where my body doesn't seem to be being stressed by everyday stuff. It's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's very neat. So now I guess I'm just going to continue this for a while to make sure it's not some sort of weird anomaly. Although, you know, I've been tracking this stuff for about two years now. I, I've seen a lot of different patterns and I'm, I'm, I, I really can tell you what to expect every day just about. I've tracked this stuff so much until all of a sudden this weird new pattern showed up. But it's a really good pattern. It sounds like it's a great pattern. Yeah. So that was kind of exciting. Yeah, I'd say so. Pretty neat. We'll definitely keep us posted on that. Yeah, so it, it you know, I, I'm starting to finalize this now, finally, um, and, and trying to figure out, you know, what what's this going to look like? How are we going to roll this out? What, what's the program going to be? So we're still working through a lot of that, but... Um, it may, the, the way it looks like we're going to, to do this, I've got to figure out the, the right time periods. It's going to be like a three-step process. So we're going to start with the adaptogens only, and maybe that's two weeks, maybe it's three weeks, maybe it's 30 days, I'm not sure yet. Then we add the supplements, the non-adaptogenic supplements, for again, another time period, is it two or three weeks or what's that? Then we move into the physical protocol. And that's a major change. Before, I thought the physical protocol was the most important part of this. It's an important part for a lot of reasons. One, not only are all four of those things really good for stress, they're just really good for overall health and fitness. So these are all things we should be doing pretty regular anyway. But it t might turn out that this might be an area where the supplements are really critical to this. Yeah, interesting. All right. Anything else we want to talk about today or should we get to some calls? If we have calls, let's get to this. I'm excited. All right. Uh, let's go to Kansas to get started. Bob, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? I just was wondering if you had caught the uh, interview with, uh, I'm going to butcher his name. I think his name is Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's kind of a philosopher about space travel, and he's got a lot of cool, interesting things to say usually. But in this interview, he kind of got into the vaccine and started talking about it. And this guy who was interviewing is he's a total business guy and he just kind of mentioned about how maybe we shouldn't be forcing people to take the vaccine and uh when this guy when neil started talking about it he got so upset because 
I think he's in the mainstream knowledge kind of system, and he got visibly like animated, and you can hear his breathing change in the interview. And he was so upset at the mere question, questioning of the mainstream knowledge system that how dare you ask me this question and just got so upset and insulted the guy for asking the question. And he, he started saying, I use things like numbers and statistics and really kind of browbeating into, <laughs> you know, submitting. But uh, the, the thing was, is he, is, and, I, and I just was totally blown away how his whole demeanor changed and how, you know, insulting he became to the host. And I just, I couldn't believe it. But it, it seems like this is their defense, usually. How, how dumb are you? And don't question our knowledge. You're I, exactly I, I, right. I, I, you're exactly right. And it it is telling that they get so emotional and defensive about it. And and they get defensive and emotional because they're scared. They're scared this is finally coming out. Yeah. And I you know, one of the things that he said, he he the guy told him about all these deaths that are now happening. It's like around three thousand athletes have just dropped dead. And when he heard that, he's like I don't care if it's 10,000. How many people have the vaccine saved? I can say the vaccine has saved millions and millions of people. Bullshit. So you I can't say it saved anybody. I, I know. It's total bullshit. And he didn't, I, he doesn't take into account to, you know, the, the virus was getting weaker and weaker and people were gaining a tolerance to it, but, uh, you know, the natural immunity so, to the virus. And we were getting healthy. We were going to overcome this one way or the other. And so those those three thousand people that were perfectly healthy healthy individuals, and they die. That that is on the vaccine, and that's that's the point he was trying to make. And he just like wiped it away. I don't care if it's ten thousand people who died suddenly. Well, well let's let, let's talk about this whole claim that the vaccine has saved so many lives. First off, you can't make the claim because you can't prove the claim because there's no testing and they eliminated the control group when they did start testing. Without a control group, you don't have a test. You can't make any of these claims. So until they really want to say, let's do the testing and let's look at the numbers, they can't make claims that it saved anybody. But let's talk about one yeah. number that I hardly ever hear. Do you know what the life expectancy is in the U.S. now? It actually went down again. The life expectancy in 2022 um, for women, 75 years old, for men, 70 years old. Okay. The average American is expected, if they're a woman, to live to 75. So if you get to 75 and you're a woman and you die at 75, well, you were average. Uh, if you're a man, you get make it to 70 and before you die. That's actually average. Isn't that sad? I mean, that's, a, that's a really sad number. Hell, I'm only 10 years away from that. I, that's insane in my mind. But let's think about this. Do you know what the average age of the people who died from COVID in the United States is? I 80. 80. <laughs> Wow. Could you imagine if the government would have come out and mandated everybody 
who is 50 pounds overweight has to lose 50 pounds because clearly the people who are overweight and diabetic are affected by this virus much, much worse. And so everybody is mandated to lose 50 pounds. You cannot, you, you have to lose this weight or you can't come out into society. What would the uproar be, Kevin? Oh, they'd go insane. You you know what? We could have made a huge difference without even telling anybody they have to lose weight. If we would have just taken the high risk group and said, we need to check your vitamin D, vitamin C and zinc status and get those up to normal numbers, we would have saved a lot of lives. It would have been it would have changed everything if they just would have been honest, if they would have, you know, told us what was really happening, we would all have followed it, what we were supposed to, but they are so, they are hiding things. They just listening to this guy, he is hiding certain things about the vaccine that are simply right in front of everybody to see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I say, I know I'm uh, a little obsessed with Twitter these days, but this is how we're going to beat this is with Twitter. I got to figure it out. I have never been on Twitter, so I got to get that figured out. Yeah, well, the hey, good news is day, getting better all the time. Elon Musk is doing some pretty incredible things. You know, the funny thing is he fired like 80% of the employees, and yet the platform keeps getting better every day. <laughs> Elon Musk is an amazing guy. I can't believe he did it. I mean, everybody, you know, I listen to Fox News a lot, at our business, and they, they are just pounding him every day. And for him to stand up against everybody, I know he's the richest guy in the world and he ain't got nothing to worry about, but man, he really takes some big risks and I hope it pays off for him. It's it's a cool deal. You know, the fun thing about watching it is he is very, very active on Twitter. He is tweeting all day long. And when you watch his tweets, he's laughing about all of this. He's having fun. Yeah, he takes on people. He is not afraid. So much of corporate America is so afraid. Oh, I might offend this group. I might, I might do this. I might. He is not afraid to just go out there and kind of take it to people and call them on their bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I, so again, I, I'm encouraging people, go join Twitter and let's put pressure on all these other platforms. YouTube is still deleting people over any kind of vaccine information. Um, Instagram, all of them are still doing it. Twitter is the one place, and it's not completely gone in Twitter because a lot of this stuff was software driven. A lot of this stuff was algorithms, and they're still trying to figure some of it out. I mean, occasionally I see posts where one of these doctors that was completely banned, he's back on now, and all of a sudden his posts aren't showing up again. But it's interesting to watch because they're actually reaching out to Elon Musk directly, and he's actually responding. You know what's crazy is who's the journalist that he's using to put the Twitter files out? What is that guy's name? I can't well, there are several. Matt, Matt Talib was one of the first. Um, Alex Berenson and is a, you know a big one right now. I had never heard of that Matt Talibi. And I've been following the kind of the Twitter files and stuff. And I kind of thought, oh, this guy's a right winger. He's like a crazy nut oh, job no. and stuff. He's not. No. He, he wrote, he was total left. It was against Trump. He was, a, not that it, Trump has anything to do with it, but he, he's just trying. He's like, he sees, hey, this, 
we had been lied to. This is crazy. And now they like write him out as some right winger that yeah. never <laughs> cannot be further from the truth. Alex Berenson is the one releasing most of the stuff about um, COVID and the vaccine information because that's been his big thing from the very beginning. He wrote a book called Pandemia about all the issues, about the masks, about the lockdowns, about the vaccines. He's been the most outspoken and he was absolutely deleted and banned from Twitter for it. And he took him to court and he won. So now he's back. He was the one this week that released the the latest round of um, the Twitter files. If you go back and look at his history, he used to write for the New York Times. He was not a far right wing conservative at all. He was a pretty typical uh, mid to left leaning journalist. And now they're trying to paint him as this wacky right wing conspiracy nut. You know, in this interview, they were talking, and the host mentioned that, like, like there's a like a, a there's three groups of people in this, and and he said like people who have never been educated, like lower, are are a fairly high group that haven't taken the vaccine, and then there's like this middle group of college educated uh, that do take a lot of the vaccine. They have a high level of taking, but. Like MBAs at the top of the education system, those are the they are the highest group that are not taking the vaccine. Yeah, imagine higher that. than the non-educated. Yeah, yeah, imagine that. Anyway, I, 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 I know that it is conspiracy, but I, I believe that maybe this thing was an ideal thing to send out into the population to, you know, you said the average age who died was of 80, you know, what, what, what group has, takes in the most resources and, and puts the least amount out, the elderly do. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly who this virus attacks. <laughs> and I, I wonder I how much yeah. money the government saved in social security and Medicare over this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it is about population control. I I just, I cannot see around it. And I think they are so afraid that this is going to come out one day, maybe 75 years from now, maybe one day we'll find out and they'll all be long gone. But I think that that they are so afraid it's going to come out in their lifetime and they, uh, they are willing to do anything to keep that. I'm going to say it again. If it's going to come out, Twitter is going to be the way it happens. <laughs> Have a great day, Kevin. All Good right. Take care. Good stuff. Let's go to Oklahoma. Paul, welcome to the program. Howdy. What's um, on your mind today? Yes. Uh, COVID-related stuff. Yesterday, I watched. I've had it on my phone for a month or so. Yesterday, I watched died suddenly. Oh, isn't that scary? And yeah, and you know, I used to, I used to think uh, all that stuff can't be true. But after watching that film, it's a jaw-dropping, eye-opening. Holy crap! Yeah, it is. And you know, I knew, 
I knew the government was not here to help me, but I can tell you that the CDC, which is part of the government, and a lot of the health industry, they're not here to help you either. I, they're here to, if, to either make you really sick or to kill you is what it seems like. Yeah, well, uh, I'm a firm believer now that follow the money. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. So, but anybody that hasn't seen died suddenly, uh, get a hold of it and watch it because it, it's I, I I was stunned. It's like holy crap because a blood clot should not come out and look like a rubber band. Oh man, yep. big long ones that uh, it was just horrendous just watching that. Oh, and yeah, yeah, it, it's um, it's pretty scary. You know, and I, I said that, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills player collapsing on the field is driving a lot of people now to question this and talk about it. The fact that Twitter isn't censoring and banning all this stuff is a lot more people are seeing it now. But that movie also, when they released that documentary, that got a lot of people talking. So we're I, I feel like yeah. we're getting close to this tipping point on this. And I really don't don't just get on Twitter, get on Twitter and try to find three other people you can convince to get on Twitter. And and what if we get a whole army of people just constantly retweeting all of these died suddenly stories every day? Yeah, well, I've I've sent on that that died suddenly. I've sent it to a couple of people that I know Good. So, that are, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure whether I should. I'm a bit, I was talking to Harold White earlier, and I'm not. I'm not sure whether I should send it to people that took the vaccine. But you know, I I, know. I, <laughs> I I actually feel bad about that when I have to keep talking about this and saying, you know, it, it's dangerous. And here's something else we don't talk about a lot. There are some doctors who are saying, look, this first wave is not the end of this. If you've got the vaccine yeah. and you haven't had anything bad happen yet we still don't know that you're in the clear. We didn't have any short-term testing on this really to speak of, and we have zero long-term testing. Yeah, we have to wait for that. Yeah. yeah. And I feel bad when so, I talk about this. I, I, I do feel bad. I, I don't want to make these people afraid or, but you know what? You can't stick your head in the sand. I, I'm really telling people, look, if you got the vax, I... I don't want to scare you every day, but I would be finding a good functional medicine doctor that works with this kind of stuff. And I'd be doing everything I can, um, everything we know. Yep. And the problem is we don't know much because they keep hiding everything. Yeah, well, I'm thinking that if you just continue living the standard American diet and lifestyle, if, even if you were vaccinated, you're putting yourself at a bigger risk than Absolutely. if you were healthy. Well, yeah. I, you know, I've talked about this a little bit. Possibly. I hope more and more people start talking yeah. about this. Actually, I want to go back. I, I was talking to a caller earlier, and I said there are several issues here, um, and I never finished that thought. One of them is you die suddenly. I mean, there's a lot of that. You just die. It's over. Um, we have a lot of these yeah. other cases, though, where these people are collapsing, like the Bills football player, uh, college basketball player this week, uh, an Air Force there's so many of them, but yeah. they're not dying. They're collapsing. Well, that's a pretty serious issue. And what is their health going to be like the rest of their life? Well, at least they're still alive. 
But then there's another yeah, well, and, and whole, that, and almost all of those are cardiac issues of some kind. But there is another whole issue that isn't being talked about as much, and we should be talking about it. There is something weird going on with cancer rates. Cancer of all mm-hmm. kinds, except for two, I think lung cancer, and there was another one that's actually, the numbers have gone down a little bit. Nobody knows why. But every other cancer has exploded. And there seems to be this new pattern of people who have had cancer, have been through treatment, either have it in remission or under control, and then all of a sudden, within a couple of weeks, they're at stage four. Yeah. I know. Crazy. I've been seeing a lot of that. So, yeah. But uh, in in New Zealand and over here, you see the I seen commercials on the television this morning. Uh, Martha Stewart, make sure you get boosted. Yeah, and they're pushing those commercials. Get boosted. I know. And it's like, go to hell. Exactly. Yeah. These people are insane. They, they not only will they not yeah. admit and even start talking about this, they're still pushing the boosters heavy. There's a commercial running right now yeah. on TV, and it's paid for by the government and CDC and who knows who else. And it starts off with maybe you had COVID and maybe you were okay, but you could get it again and it could be very dangerous this time. And then they go into promoting the new vaccines. And I, and I thought, wait a minute, there is not one shred of evidence to support what they just said. It is the exact opposite. If you've already had COVID, the odds of you dying from it now have gone down dramatically. If you've had it and you have natural immunity, the odds of you getting a severe case of it almost disappear. And yet they're saying the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah, well, any anyone, you know, any celebrity or person that's, in, that's making money, because I'm sure they get paid to do these commercials. Of course. Any celebrity or any of those people. I'm not buying any of their products or taking any of their advice if they're pushing that vaccine or booster. I'm not exactly. Interested. I'm not helping get them rich. So, and, and if you have yeah. a doctor who's pushing it, I'd find a new doctor. Absolutely. So, yep. All right. So that's all I got today. That's all we need. Good stuff. Um, Lauren, you know, I, I know we, we have been focused mostly on the sudden deaths uh, but do we do have to think about these people who have collapsed. Um, what what does their future look like? Uh, is there anything we can do mm-hmm. to help these people? It, it, if we would at least talk about this stuff and admit it, we would come up with solutions and answers. But when it's being hidden, it makes it even harder to try to help these people. But we're barely talking about this whole cancer issue. This is scary. I know. And... Goodness, I mean, the number of stories that I hear from friends and call, you know, colleagues of people that I know and, you know, family members, I just can't believe the cancer rates. And when I say cancer rates, it's not, these are like stage four, out of nowhere, never had an issue, not in, you know, not in, you know, family history. It's just really shocking how many People with, you know, are coming up with cancer that, you know, just completely out of nowhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, or like I said, there there seems to be a lot of cases of people who were diagnosed a couple years ago sometimes. They've been through treatment. It's mostly under control or in remission. And then all of a sudden, they're at stage four within a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So aggressive. Yeah. That's, scary, that's scary That's not really stuff. the norm. What's that? Yeah. It's just not the norm when it comes to cancer. It's very rare that, it, that it's that far along. Exactly. And, you know, when it comes out of nowhere like that. Yeah. Something else we should probably talk about more. Um, I know the American Cancer Society has been around about as long as I've been on the planet. They've been collecting, you know, millions and millions of dollars in donations every year. And they talk about, you know, beating cancer. And this has been going on for decades. And there's virtually no improvement in anything related to cancer. Yeah. Don't we, at, at some point, don't we have to stop and say, wait a minute, these groups have raked in probably billions of dollars by now, whether it's, you know, the American Cancer Society or the American Diabetes Association or the American Heart Association. There's, there's hundreds of these groups and they, they've been promising us, promising us for decades, keep giving us money and we'll solve this. Have they solved any of these problems? <laughs> no. None. Um, yeah. And and maybe we still don't completely understand cancer, although I'm starting to get more and more confident that it is a real metabolic disease. And if we get people metabolically healthy, the incidence of cancer is going to go way down. But let's look at what a horrible failure the American Diabetes Association has been. How is it? that a group made up of all kinds of doctors and PhDs and researchers that pulls in hundreds of millions of dollars a year in donations and has been doing it for decades, still does not know how to cure diabetes, but an ex-truck driver with a, you know a year's worth of education and reading several books can cure it every day. Isn't that insane? Yeah, it is. Hmm. And, and not just me. I, you know, I, I said that kind of tongue in cheek. There are a lot of people out there with no medical background teaching people how to be not diabetic. It's not complicated. No, it's not. <laughs> just crazy. Oh. All right, let's uh, let's get to some calls. We've got some lines open if you want to jump in, 855-950-3835. We're off to Texas this time. Jacques, welcome to the program. Hey, uh, the NFL. So the guy that went down, one of his um, teammates, I uh, watched him on a thing, and he's like, I didn't take the shot. I'll never. We're having too many people go down, this and that, and all these players. I think it was the next day I saw several things on Instagram where the Players Association and the NFL, and I haven't checked this out, but they signed a joint agreement for no more mandatory shots. Excellent. It's about time. So it would be, and like I said, I did not research that, but uh, yeah, I think oh. the players are just tired of it, you know. Hey, 
Jacques, thank you for bringing that up. I wasn't Mm -hmm. aware of that, but you reminded me of something else big that happened yesterday. Elections do have consequences. The election we just had, the midterms, didn't go nearly as well as I had hoped they would. But even that Ah, little bit made a difference. Um, They just eliminated the vaccine mandate for the military yesterday. It's gone. Oh, yeah. It's about time. So so mm-hmm. elections do have consequences, and we finally got rid of that damn military. You know, here we go again. We talk about the NFL saying, no, enough's enough. Talk about the military. Finally, we got that one gone, and, and it was the Republicans that managed to get that um, ended. But think about those two groups. They're young and healthy. They are the last people mm-hmm. we should have ever mandated vaccines for. I know. So you were talking about, I don't know, it was quite a while back, probably last year, but about that uh, military guy that had been in for 19 years and was refusing it, and they kicked him out, and he lost all of his stuff. I wonder if they're going to come back and give them the opportunity to get their retirement and all that. I mean, they better. Yeah, there should be some stuff to that. Yep. So. But anyway, it's and what about like uh, Justin Bieber and uh, uh, Katy Perry and uh, I know uh, I've seen a lot of celebrities. Miley Cyrus, they've got these twitches on their faces and they can't even do talks or concerts without some weird uh, so facial stuff and can't form words and yeah, good point. Now mm-hmm. let's think about something here. I, I, I if. If average people, if you and I and, and, you know, people you talk to all can say, well, what about Katy Perry? What about Justin Bieber? What about this athlete? What about that newscaster? If that many people that we all know are having this happen, you have to start looking at some percentages and odds. How many people in the world are truly celebrities that we would recognize their name? There's not that many when it really comes down to it. When we have 300 million people in this country, how many true celebrities do we have? Not many. Mm. So how can we possibly know all these people that it's happening to? What does that tell us? Well, and, and like you said, uh, they were all over numbers about how many millions were dying. And as soon as this stuff started hitting the fan, they stopped the numbers, you know. So what if we did this? We know for a fact this was absolutely proven. Nobody even disputes this anymore. We know for a fact that when they were counting COVID deaths, they were counting people that died from any reason if they had a positive COVID test. So even a car crash, you got killed in a car crash, but you had a positive COVID test. We know they were counting those as COVID deaths. They admitted it. Well, why don't we do this then? Why don't we start counting every death that somebody's been vaccinated as a positive vaccination death? Hmm. Because numbers don't lie and they don't want to hear it. Exactly. 
Wow. You know, I went and took a test there to go see family and stuff, I don't know, a year and a half or so ago, just to make sure to be cautious for them and because uh, they're all older. But uh, they didn't even know how to charge me. It took them over an hour to figure out what to charge me because they were charging the government for all this. And I'm like, I'm just going to pay cash. <laughs> yeah. And they finally settled on like 75 bucks or something then they called me four different times going we have an issue with this test because it's not i'm like i paid cash do you need the receipt exactly and then they'd look it up and go oh unbelievable <laughs> they wanted that government money there you go government so, cheese anyway getting to yep getting to my um by the way um there's a good book uh oh what's the author uh he did gates of fire but he's got a new book out oh. talking about his cheese oh. or what it's it's very interesting. Uh Stephen Pressfield. One of my favorite authors and I can't think of Pressfield, yes. It's a great. Stephen book. Pressfield. Great book. I just read it. It's only about so, three hours long. Yeah, it's not much, but it's got a lot of depth in there. Um, so, and, and I want to um, make sure we're talking about the same one because he puts out weird little short books all the time. You're talking about the one the title is Put Your Ask where your heart wants to be. Nope. No. Uh, it's it's something about. Um, no, it just came out like a week or two ago. Finally popped in. Um, I don't. It's. It, I thought it had cheese in the uh, name. I'd have to look here real quick. Um, give me a second, and I'll see. But that, and I know that's a book too. But um. Yeah, I'm wondering. Uh, I, what was that? Yeah, because the, the, this one that it, that I just read just came out, and the title is Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be. Oh, no. Oh, no, I see one here I don't have. It's a memoir. It's called Government Cheese. Government Cheese, yes, yes, that's it. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like I said, it just, Amazon shot me a notice here a few days ago, and I've already gone through it. it I think it's six or seven hours or something, but yeah. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this one. You know, it's interesting. I, I'm on the Amazon page right now. Um, I already own it. So I think what must have happened, this must have been one of those books that I probably pre-ordered like a year ago. And it showed up on my Kindle, and I have yeah. so many books on my Kindle, I didn't even notice it. But he also did just release one called... Put your ass where your heart wants to be. It was really good. Yeah, I, I read that one too. But And he doesn't have any bad books. And I think every male, well, probably every person, but especially every male, needs to read Gates of Fire, period. You know, and, and I mean females too, because, you know, there at the end they talk about why did they choose the 300 to go. It was right. because of their women, the strength of their women, you know. Um, and if you don't have a good woman behind you, you know, yeah. you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So for, for people who may not be familiar with Stephen Pressfield, there's a, a I've told the story many times, but um, the very first show that I ever had Larry wing it on, you know, before we were friends, before I knew who he was, I read his first book. We got him on the air. And at the end of the interview, the first time I had him on the show, I said, Larry, I know you're a big reader. What, uh, what book should I be reading right now? And he said, you need to read The War of Art. And I said, don't you mean oh, yes. The Art of War? I've already read that. And he said, no, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I'd never really heard of the guy. 
So I read the book and I was blown away by it. I mean, it, it's simple. It's a pretty mm. straightforward concept. Very few. I've never heard anybody else talk about it, really. He talked about the resistance. Um, and for people who may not be familiar, my closing line on my show, since I read that book, is do the hard work. That, that phrase comes directly work, from Stephen yes. Pressfield. And, and he talks about, you know, it took him 30 years before Bagger Vance came out. Yeah. And, and his agent and everybody said, nobody wants a book about golf. <laughs> and then it was a movie and everybody knows it, you know. But like he said, I, and it may be 32 years. And he talks about this in the government cheese book. But, uh, yeah, it's just incredible. But he never, I mean... His life was a dump. Yeah. <laughs> it was so yeah. bad. Some of the things that happened. But he never, and he, he recounts this in government cheese about a lot of this stuff, but he never stopped. You know, yeah. he, he, he backed Pure off persistence. for a little while, but he never stopped his dream. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Amazing. Good stuff. So, anyway, health thing. Um, so I had one of those chest colds and stuff for a couple of months and just couldn't seem to get rid of it. Had to take a Z pack and all that. And I just can't seem, I've been drinking the bone broth and, you know, eating mainly meat with maybe vegetables once or twice a week and, uh, taking some of your, uh, fauna pills or whatever the gut pills. Okay. How long does it take to get your intestines right again? Well, it can take forever if you don't do it right. You may never get it right again. That this does happen to people. They go through some sort of an infection. They get massive antibiotics and they never get their gut bacteria right again. Um, one of the things I didn't hear you mention that is critically important, uh, fermented foods. Much more powerful than probiotics. Yeah, I, I mean, probiotics are wonderful and they I'm will help and we can pick mm -hmm. our specific strains. But the real key to building back gut health, it really is a lot of fermented foods. Yeah, and I wanted to do the uh, honey stuff and all that, but I just haven't been home. I'm actually moving to a different place. <laughs> I've had it for three and a half months, and I haven't been home yeah. enough you, to move. You know, here's, here's the you know, good news. And it's a good problem. You know, not so much fermented honey. You're not going to find that on the market. But fermented foods, true fermented foods are getting really, really easy to find in almost every grocery store now. Yeah. Well, I'll stop at Kroger's uh, when I go in here to Augusta. And I know they probably got some stuff because I bought kimchi and stuff there before. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean... Almost every grocery store. Yeah, almost every grocery store has at least a brand of kimchi that's truly fermented, and it'll be in the refrigerated section. It has to be, but you've got to get a lot of fermented foods in every day. <laughs> so, for anybody that wants to eat that going down the road, put a towel over it because. I kind of had one of your situations with your honey. When I opened the jar, it went all over the window, the top of the... Oh, oh no. Man, it was so bad. It smelled in here forever. I'll bet. Yeah. I'll bet. That's pretty pungent stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. So, okay. Well, that's all I've got. I know you've got other calls, and I appreciate it. But, yeah, anybody that hasn't read Stephen Pressfield, 
I've got, I think, seven of his books or something, but he doesn't have any bad ones. You know, the other so, thing about it is really easy reading. Yeah. Nothing overly complicated. Profound. All right. Good stuff. Thanks for the call. Calls are piling up. Let's go to California. Glenn, welcome to the program. Well, there you are. I was in Massachusetts. Uh, I'm in California now. I was in Massachusetts a couple of weeks ago. Has nothing to do with why I called, but he was just talking about, or you were talking about fermented foods and what's it called? Kamit. Ah, the drink starts with a K. Kombucha. Yeah, kombucha. I couldn't think of the name of it. Thank you. Sorry. You're welcome. Um, for the first time ever, I was in a truck stop and they had it on tap. Hmm. Nice. They actually had multiple flavors on tap. It was a small family type fresh foods yeah. truck stop. They had a lot of good foods. Yeah, that's but um, on tap. And I, I had to buy some. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, here in the Pacific Northwest, we're we're into a lot of the natural foods, and you know it's a kind of a big deal up here. And there are several grocery stores that I go to that have kombucha on tap. You you know grab a big growler yeah, right there and fill up your own. Right, right. I just couldn't believe it. Now, I mean, I'd already had some in the refrigerator. Yeah, I just bought a six pack somewhere. But uh, anyway, yeah, I just I never heard of it being on tap. Just blew me away. But anyway, um, suddenly died suddenly. Yes. Uh, I've watched it and uh, couldn't believe what I was seeing, just like anybody else has watched it. I was wondering whether or not an ultrasound would be able to tell the density of your larger veins or arteries and be able to see that as Um, a, you know. I, I, you know, this is an area of medicine I'm not all that familiar with, but I think they have multiple ways of detecting blood clots. I don't think it's all that hard. Yeah, but this being, to me, a tapeworm in your blood, for lack of any other way of calling it, because, I mean, the thing was as long as the guy's leg. I know. It's a different density. So it seems like it would be a very easy way for somebody to go to their doctor and say, I want an ultrasound. Yeah, do this leg, do this, do that, whatever. Do the aorta. Do, you know. Yeah, I, I, I believe we have pretty accurate tests for blood clots. I, I don't think it's all that hard to find them. The, the thing is, we have to let people know, make them aware of the fact that if you've been jabbed, you might want to go find out if you've got blood clots or not. Not I. I have not been. Nobody in my family except my father. He decided He decided on his own, against everybody's wishes, he snuck out and he did it because he thought he, he should do it. Yeah. I, I know a couple that almost got divorced Doing over right. an issue Still. like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, my mother left him 12 years ago. She went on to our Lord. Um, but anyway, that's another another conversation for another day yeah but um yeah he has no reason to live so he said i did it for you guys which is a bunch of crap (laughs) well yeah that's what they tried to guilt us all into you know do it for your grandparents and you better you know risk your three-year-old to save your 92 year old father i mean and and look 
I, I, I'm not saying right. just because we're right. old, right. we should be allowed to die, but that is the natural order of things. That's how things happen. Why were we vaccinating uh, six-year-olds to protect 85-year-olds? Because the government has a way to propaganda, do the propaganda, and has been for 50, 60, 70 years. Yep. Seems to be and, getting worse. Um, it is. It's terrible. Um, I got a quick question that has nothing to do with health, and I apologize being Wednesday. And you can answer real quick. Okay. One answer. Do you have any tax guy recommendations? Uh, yeah. Actually, use our tax I need, guy. I need, I need a better accountant. I need a better accountant. Yeah, use our accountant. Okay. Uh, let me, if you go to the website, let me go find it again. Um, we have a sign up form on the website and, and just because you fill out the form doesn't mean you're committed to anything. It just starts the process. Uh, okay. Go to let's truck.com under listen. There's the menus up across the top. Uh, hover over listen and then click on tax questionnaire and just fill that out. It'll okay. get uh, sent to our accountant and they'll reach out to you and you can decide whether you work with, want to work with them or not. Okay. Yeah. I started out five years ago in a pickup and I've been listening to you all through that. I'm the guy who bought a $10,000 Volvo and built it and kept it going. Now I got two Volvos. Um, and now I'm also part of a, bigger company I bought into a company that has 18 different uh, trucks and I'm just trying to figure out how to do it right yeah well they they um, we work directly with them um, they have built a whole division around doing owner operators so uh, they really know what they're doing and the other thing I like about them they're very, very aggressive. They're not afraid of the IRS. I, it makes me crazy when I've worked with accounts who are like, oh, no, do you know what's going to happen if you ever get audited? Yeah, I know what's going to happen. They're going to ask me why I did it, and we'll explain it, and they'll either say yes or no. I mean, I'm not going to jail over this stuff. It's yeah. not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yep. Kind of where I'm at. Okay, well, I don't want to take up health day on tax, but I want to take Definitely talk about the uh, that worm in our blood. Crazy. If we had the vaccine. Yeah, crazy stuff. All right, Glenn, thanks for the call. Let's go to Maryland. Robert, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. How you doing today? Good. What's on your mind today? I'm calling you. Um, I had a rough start to the year this year. Uh, my first loadout. I was strapping down my load on a flatbed and the, uh, the strap actually broke. It just, it snapped Ooh. and I uh, came down on my ankle the wrong way and actually fractured my fibia. Ouch. So, yeah, so I'm dealing with that. Um, and I went to the, uh, you know, of course I went to the emergency room and then, uh, you know, I had to get a recommendation, got that, uh, went and saw the orthopedic, uh, clinic that's close to me. But, you know, it says right on their door, orthopedic surgeon. So I automatically know the first thing that they're going to lean towards. His surgery. Um, and, and he was, right. yeah, yeah. He was kind of, uh, 
I asked him some questions. You know, I've been I've been listening to you for a while, so I'm I'm asking him questions. Show me on an X-ray. Let me see what it looks like. Explain to me what you're seeing so that I can understand. Yes. So he says, well, there may be a little bit of a misalignment here, and I says, okay, well, what's the um, what would be the outcome if I decided no surgery and just put a cast on it, let it heal, versus you going and getting surgery? You know, would I right. be in a much better situation? Am I going to deal with uh, 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 limited mobility for the rest of my life? You know, what I mean, am I going to be in excruciating pain? Is it going to take a year to heal? And he says, um, well. <sighs> Uh, we we don't exactly know that. Right. Um, so, they don't. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. So he, he recommended me to the, uh, he, he was an orthopedics guy, but his specialty wasn't uh, foot and ankle. So he recommended me to his, uh, one, of, one of the partners that work at the farm, uh, foot and ankle guy. So I got to see him on Thursday. So uh, I wanted to get your opinion about that. What you think about that as far as broken bones. And, you know, I know you just had your hand broken and everything with that. And, um, also, uh, I've been trying to find a, I guess you would call it a non-surgical orthopedics, or I don't even think I'm, if that exists, but I feel like I'm not asking for the right yeah. things to find well, the, the basically what, I need to see for that. Yeah, what you're describing, non-surgical orthopedics would really be physical therapy. Okay. And I'm not going to discourage you for looking for physical therapists, although my experience in the past is they don't really do all that much. Um, Honestly, I will tell you, because I've broken a lot of bones over my lifetime. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I did just recently break my hand. There was really no decision not to get mine operated on my hand would have never Mm -hmm. functioned normally. It would have been really bad. I mean, I did some pretty severe damage to that hand and they, and they did a fantastic job. I mean, I had an awesome surgeon. She was Mm -hmm. just amazing. It healed up really well, but to give you the, uh, another, uh, different approach, just a couple weeks ago, I broke my finger. Um, and, and it's mm-hmm. my middle finger on my left hand, and I broke the knuckle farthest out at the end. And I'm positive it's broke. I can feel the bones moving. Um, I'm not going to do anything with this. Right. I'm not even going to get it x-rayed. I haven't been to the doctor. I'm not going to. And you know what? Right. That little joint there at the end doesn't do a whole lot. If it doesn't heal exactly right, it's not going to be that big of a deal, really. And... and any surgery exactly. is traumatic to our body. Um, when we go through surgeries, we have to go through antibiotics. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, like I said, with my right hand, wasn't an option. I, I was getting it fixed, and I'm glad I got it fixed right. With this other finger, I, I'm just letting it go. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'm just going to wait and see what see what the other doctor says uh, for that and, and about that and ask some more questions. I'm sitting there developing my list of questions each day that I sit here. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, my, so another thing that I want to ask my, about. My surgeon ahead. with my hand was able to sit me down and show me, look, if, if we let this go, here's how it's going to heal. And here's the problem with that. This finger is never going to move properly. And when she showed me that, I could see it and it made total sense. I get it. 
then I can look at this other knuckle and go, hey, you know what? It's really not going to matter. I'm not going through surgery for this knuckle. Right. Okay. So, uh, next thing I wanted to ask you about is some things that would, you know, it would help me with, you know, the bone healing, you know, after whatever I decide to do. Well, tell me about your diet. My diet is, um, I've been slipping a little bit, um, but, uh, well, stop it. I'm pretty much carnivore. I know. Well, definitely now. Yeah. <laughs> definitely now with this. Um, but I pretty much, pretty much carnivore. I, I try to do no grains at all. If I do, it's because I'm eating some breaded chicken out of Popeye's or something like that. Like I, I don't eat bread. I don't do the donuts and the okay. pastries anymore and all that you, stuff. You know, that's, but, uh, I'm definitely, I know I got to clean it up the rest of the way. I do and that's that. really the important thing to focus on here. Clean up the diet. You know how to eat, right? Just do more of it. Um, carnivore is outstanding. Um, I, I would double down on nutrient density during this. I mean, we should all the time, but I, I know we don't always. And some of the more nutrient dense foods, either we might not like them as much or, but I, I would make sure I was adding in organ meats twice a week and seafood twice a week. I don't have a problem with the seafood, but the organ meats aren't exactly my favorite. Then, then if you if you really just don't want to do the organ meats, and I know what that's like. If you don't like them, you're not going to do them. It will always be the first thing you put off. So um, just get the ancestral supplements in our store. I mean, I'd always prefer we do this with mm -hmm. food. But if you're, if you're not going to, right. it's better to just be honest and say, look, I'm not going to eat liver and heart twice a week. It's not going to happen. Well, then just take the ancestral supplements. They're, they're as close as we can get to real food. I mean, it's just liver that's been dehydrated or freeze-dried. Right. Okay. And uh, also and you know, while I, I was I, there, I, they I, pointed out. I always like to give people options. You don't have to go buy our supplements. There is another way with liver. Um, get good, clean, grass-fed liver and cut it up into... Um, cubes that you would find easy to swallow like a pill whatever size that is for you oh, yeah. cut your liver up into cubes mm -hmm. throw it in the freezer and and you want to do what's called like flash freezing so once you cut it up into cubes lay it out on trays where nothing's touching throw that in the freezer and mm -hmm. freeze it like that then you can take it out and throw it in bags uh, and then each day you just grab a couple of those liver pills basically and swallow them frozen mm-hmm Okay. That's a good idea for that. Um, so while I was in there at the hospital too, they're pointing out the fact that oh, my blood pressure is elevated and they've been telling me that it's uh borderline for years. So I know it's something that I got to start paying any, uh, some, a lot more attention to. Um, and the diet's going to definitely be a big help for that, but you got any books to recommend on that? I don't actually. Um, not, I can't think of a single book that I've read that really addresses high blood pressure directly. Uh, they might be mentioned, you know, you're, you'll see improvements when you clean up your diet. If you've been eating mostly carnivore and you're still borderline, the one thing that works every time is Cardio Miracle. And it's just a, a lot of other okay. good nutrients in there that wouldn't be a bad thing for your healing anyway. And that's usually like the, the, the final thing that gets somebody's blood pressure in line. 
All right. Well, it was great talking to you. I appreciate everything. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Um, Lauren, um, have we been seeing some pretty good results on on uh, discovery calls or one-on-ones with the blood pressure issue? Yeah, I mean, with the blood pressure issue, I'm finding a lot of it is stress that people aren't recognizing it. I'll bet. It's yeah. So that's that's been kind of a a theme I keep seeing. Um, I see a lot of things on stress that there's no surprise there. But lately I've been, I, you know, a theme is anxiety and a lot of women with hormonal imbalances with anxiety. So it's interesting. They, they, they come, you know, they, they start the conversation with anxiety and then age wise, I'm realizing that they're either premenopausal or menopausal. And then we start kind of digging around there, but a lot of anxiety going on right now. Yeah. And we now know for sure that anxiety is just a metabolic disease. There's nothing weird about it. There's nothing different. Um, all, all of these, you know, what we thought were mental health issues being so different, they're really not. Anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. even things as extreme as bipolar. Um, are, are really just metabolic diseases. So we can, uh, the great news is we can approach them like we approach high blood pressure. Let's just work on um, your metabolism. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm actually really enjoying, I just finished uh, Brain Energy finally. Okay. It's hard to find the time to finish a book. I actually really enjoyed it. I know not everyone did, but there were some really interesting things that I, that I pulled out of there. Yeah. Um, I don't think off the top of my head specifically what they were, but, uh, I, I've really been enjoying, enjoying that book. Like going back, um, earlier this morning and, and rereading like some of the things that I highlighted in there, um, to kind of get the fuller picture. But, um, yeah, I, I found a lot of really good, interesting kind of facts um one of them being that serotonin converts to melatonin yeah so that link yeah so that link between gut health um because we know that 90 percent of serotonin is made in our gut so the link between gut health depression and then tying it into sleep issues that was a big one for me um i thought that was really interesting i didn't realize that serotonin and melatonin um, had so, you know, so much in common, but they sound familiar, but I just didn't think anything of it. I know. I didn't know that either. That was interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was good. Um, And just some other things, just realizing that, you know, really uh, looking into hormones and how hormones affect um, our mood, you know, it's just kind of been, I, I, you hear it, you know, with women, hormones, you know, they're crazy because their hormones are crazy and this and that. Yeah. But I never really realized that certain hormones will affect the body in certain ways. So just kind of tying that together. And then I also got two books um, by John R. Lee. He's a medical doctor. They're not new. They're old. But um, they're called 
what your doctor may not tell you about premenopause and what your doctor may not tell you about menopause. I actually got both of them in one book and I was flipping through it yesterday at some point and I was seeing all these aha, I had all these aha moments. So I'm really, I'm really excited to dive deeper into that because, you know, I really want to help women with their hormonal issues, but the truth is, you know, there's only so much that I know about the actual specifics. So I've been really trying to focus on educating myself more on that so I can better help, you know, help our people. And I've been doing a lot of that too with the stress protocol. I really think we're going to find that, um, you know, with women, I, I may even have a secondary protocol around this where we do some of the um, uh, receptor detox and and some of that work, balancing some hormones with those supplements. But I think a big key to this is going to come down to the adaptogens. I agree. And I've been recommending those a lot more. And I actually had someone, I think it was like on the 2nd of January, who has all these hormonal issues going on and she she started the adaptogens before the discovery call and she said she went from having something like 20 to 30 hot flashes a day she's down to like one to seven hot flashes a day and, I, and she said that's the only thing she changed um her diet that. is good all of these other things are in order and i was blown away you know i was so impressed you know to hear someone tell me that it just, it just, you know, confirms what we think and you know, what we, what we believe, but I love hearing those stories. The, the other interesting thing about the adaptogens that I'm starting to find kind of, you know, what I was talking about earlier with this big change that I've just seen in my pattern is that these are long-term. The first time you take an adaptogen, you don't feel anything at all. I mean, there's no immediate, you know, change in anything. But it seems like the longer I do this, the the more powerful it's becoming, which is really interesting. Mm, that is. And the and good news is um, the prime primary source of adaptogens we're using are the mushroom adaptogens. I'm I'm really seeing those to be very powerful. Um, we just got in our order from Four Sigmatic. So when I sat down, I developed all those functional drinks. You know, I have some morning drinks, some afternoon, some evening. I put all those recipes together um, and then based them mostly on the products from Four Sigmatic. And that order, I believe, came in yesterday. So we'll be putting those oh, uh, packages cool. together here soon. Great. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I, you know, the reason I like that so much, I, I've said many times, I hate taking supplements. Absolutely hate it. I'm so bad at it. I have to force myself when I'm doing all this testing. And then when I'm not testing, I almost stop. I just get so tired of it. I don't take anything except the stuff I put in my drinks. And that's this one I'm, I'm excited because I have these functional drinks now. And to me, not only does it just, it's such a better way of doing it. You know, once I develop a drink that I really like, then I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to skip it because I look forward to it. You know, just like I look forward to my NDK coffee in the morning. Now I look forward to my, you know, functional cacao drink in the evening. 
Uh, and they also seem to be more powerful. And I think the reason is, is it's easier to get in the large amounts of this if you're doing it in a drink rather than trying to swallow 12 capsules a day. I agree. When I, every time I open up one of those Four Sigmatic little packets, the individual servings, I'm always so surprised at how much powder comes out of those. Yeah. And if you were to put those into capsules, you would be taking at least six capsules. Exactly. And that's just for one adaptogen. Yeah. You know, we're, some of these protocols, I'm using yeah. two and three adaptogens. You'll be swallowing pills all day long. It's true. I did. I definitely noticed that as well. So it, it is nice to have it in a drink, you know, something that you can, uh, I mean, it's great all of the different products that they have because you have the option to just buy the adaptogen powder and mix it with your own drink, which doesn't have much of a flavor, or you have the cacao, which is a drink in and of itself. You just mix with water and it's very enjoyable. So yeah, I agree. And then the chocolates, I, I stocked up on chocolate for, for the holidays and I, I've been really enjoying those. Oh yeah. Their, their mushroom chocolate is so damn good. Um, yeah, the, mm-hmm. they they also have the creamers. I mean, you can just add the the creamers. Oh, yes, the, creamers. Um, the cacao, the reishi cacao is my favorite, and that is uh, reishi seems to be an adaptogen that my body really likes. So, and then they also have the coffee itself. Like the the you can just buy the coffee, yeah. and the adaptogens are right in the coffee. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they, they have, a lot have of instant options. coffee. When I travel, that's what I usually take with me because it, it's so much easier to make it when I'm on the road. And they have the whole bean mm-hmm. or the ground coffee. So many different ways to get these mushroom adaptogens in. And like I said, we just got, um, I know it was due in yesterday. I never verified whether it came or not, but um if it hasn't come yet, I know we'll be getting it soon. So we're, we're going to have a lot of those products in the store here soon. Oh, I'm excited because I think we only had a few. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to buy some of the other ones. Yeah. You know, that the, the reason we only had a few was kind of my fault. I, I didn't, as much as I loved the products, and, and I always have, we've been using Four Sigmatic for a lot of years. I didn't really understand them. You know, until I read the book, yeah. um, you know, that, that Danielle wrote, had her on the show and we went through all this. Now I get it. And now I look at all their products and I'm like, my God, why wasn't I doing this years ago? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> all right. It's good stuff for sure. Calls are piling up. Let's get back to some. We're going to go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Well, hello, everyone. What's on your mind today? How's everything going? Good. Well, um, two things, stress and anxiety that Lauren was talking about. I was kind of overwhelming myself because of the last quarter I had with all the expenses I laid out and then trying to get this tank off the ground and this work. And today is a a breakthrough moment. I just delivered my first chemical load. Everything went great. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I've been, I've been actually stress level has been good. Body battery is coming back. I did the protocol over the weekend. I've been in very better, much better spirits mentally. And I think it's all due to I was putting too much stress on myself. So that's a good thing. Excellent. Um, yeah, I'm mad at Lauren because she just ruined brain energy for me. Gave away all the, all the secrets. No, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> Trust me, there's a lot more information in there. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. That's my next book in my queue. That's why I said it. Um, I actually have been enjoying it. I know there have been, you know, it, some people have different opinions, but I, I personally enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I leave. I, I like taking in everyone's opinion, but I do everything myself and come to my own conclusions usually, uh, which is always good. But it's always nice to hear um, someone I respect their opinion, like yourself, you know, liking the, liking the book. So that's always good. Um, so I wanted to talk about the vaccines, all right, and and the, the experimental vaccine, whatever you want to call it. Now, I've been listening and looking at a few things, and is it the MNRA technology that is making all of this, or is it just the spike protein that they captured to use in this COVID vaccine that's doing the damage? I can't really decipher that. Well, Do you have any, any input on that? I'm not sure if you can separate the two. Because I think that is kind of the crux of this whole technology is that the mRNA technology, that is the instruction for the body to make the spike protein. So I don't think you can separate those two things. Okay, because I thought the MNRA was the technology, to, like the delivery system. Well, it, I thought that they used the spike protein they synthesized the spike protein because they thought that's what would ha- help well, with immunity. They, they don't really the COVID. They don't really synthesize it. The the vaccine is a, a coded instructions for our own body to produce it. Okay. 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 Maybe that's what I was missing. I guess. Yeah, that's how this works. The the vaccine is actually that's why they we. You know, true doctors don't refer to it as a vaccine. They call it gene therapy because we are giving our body, the vaccine gives our body a set of instructions to make that spike protein. Okay. 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 So it's, it's how, how they, how they, uh, they designed this particular MNRA delivery system with the, to, to develop the spike protein. Correct. Okay. Okay. So I mean, so I guess the technology isn't terrible if it's utilized the correct way. I guess. No, I think the technology is horrible. Okay. Okay. I this idea. I'm just trying to look at. I'm trying to be a devil's advocate here. I mean. Well, there are several problems with it. One. And there's some really simple things people don't understand here. A lot of people are saying, wait a minute, if these vaccines are so dangerous, why didn't I have any problems? Well, first off, I've never seen a drug that killed 100 percent of the people. I mean, come on. Do we really think that everybody that got the jab is going to fall over and die? Think of a drug like Vioxx. Vioxx had to kill 60,000 people before we finally pulled it off the market. But tens of millions of people took the drug. Not everybody died, but 60,000 died. Those are horrible odds. It's the same thing here. Um, But but some of the reasons, I, I listened to a doctor yesterday give five reasons why That's very common that not everybody's going to have problems. One of the reasons, he said, you may not have gotten effective dose of the vaccine. Nobody even really is monitoring that. 
I guess the way this thing is formulated, that not every dose is even the same strength. I guess it's all over the board. So you just may have gotten a weak dose. The way they give the wow. injection, if the tip of the needle is in the wrong place, if it's accessing a capillary, then the spike protein is able to spread all through our body and it's not supposed to. So there's all kinds of weird little issues with this that nobody even talks about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't get it and I never will get it. Uh, you know, my, my son is on board. Thank God. My, my wife, unfortunately, no. And my two of my three daughters were, were, have taken it. So I don't know what's going on with them, but, um, everyone's healthy. Thank God right now. So we'll go, you know, one day at a time with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, Hey, hey, Fred, I'm starting to lose you, and I'm getting a lot of background noise. Sounds like wind or something. Okay, okay. How about this? Is that better? Uh, the noise went away. Just try to elevate your volume a little bit. Okay. Um, I was saw Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, on Tucker last night talking about that other uh, organization that kind of was a tie-in with the Washington Post, the BBC, Reuters, and I think AP. Right. That they were that they were fanning. Just it didn't matter if it wasn't toting the narrative. They were just canceling everything out as far as the vaccines go. Yep. If it wasn't what the who, what the who, the NIH or the FDA or the CDC narrative, they were just taking them off social media. It doesn't yeah. matter if it was true, anything. Yep. And this is in another, another exposure of how the government has been guiding people to the narrative they want. And, and it's so blatantly obvious and it's so frustrating that so few people understand it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and getting back to the an earlier caller about the Twitter files with Mac, Matt Taibbi and Alex Berenson, these guys were, were left wing media people, yeah. but they also were true liberals who want free speech and want Correct. to protect the First Amendment. Yep. So that's why you have these people who are true liberals in a sense coming out. It does. It's not about right left it's about the constitution and this is where people think that everything about the vaccine or the government or any you know or censoring it they think it's just a right-wing perspective this is a, a constitutional well, perspective you know what's surprising about this i i am not shocked at all that somebody like matt taibbi who is a, a liberal or Alex Berenson, who is a right. liberal, I'm not shocked at all that they're standing up and fighting hard for this. What I'm shocked about Correct. is the other 98% of the journalists that just rolled over and accepted this. That's what shocks me. Yes. Yep. Yep. Well, that's, that's you know, because they're bought and paid for by, you know, big farmer, big egg. Government Did, agencies. I mean, look, they they have it down in the Twitter files how the CIA and the FBI were paying the people at Twitter to do their bidding. Let, let me ask you something. Basically, reimbursing it, is what they said. Yeah. 
You know, let's think about these journalists who have just seem to have given up all journalistic integrity whatsoever and have no problem with the government censoring us, um, which is just shocking. I really have to wonder, you know, I'm a pretty positive person. I give most people the benefit of the doubt. I don't think most human beings are evil or bad. I really don't. But I have to wonder, do these journalists believe that they're actually okay with the censorship because they really, truly believe that this, let's just talk about the vaccine specifically. They really, truly believe this stuff, that people should be vaccinated. Is that the case? And they're just okay with, we'll allow some censorship because we think this is a good thing. Is that what's happening? Or well, do they really know how wrong this is? No, Kevin, I think the justifiable thing is that the end's, the the you know the the means to get to the end you know uh, the what the ends justify the means I guess that's the term right um, I think they truly truly well, believe that and and again this is something they agree with so it's okay to censor speech that I I I don't agree with don't just don't censor speech I agree with yeah they, I, the one the one the one congressman on the Democratic side in California Rokana is the only one that sent a letter to Twitter that was leaked because they wanted him to get in trouble with the Nancy Pelosi base, that freedom of speech is defending the speech that I don't agree with. Exactly. That's you the know? whole point of it. That's, and that was, that, and that's, a, that's a true servant of the public. Correct. Right Demo- don't care if he has a D or an R. I mean, let's put it in perspective. This is how crazy it is. This whole speaker debate, you had Dan Crenshaw, a Navy SEAL, coming out and saying that those 20 other congressmen, his colleagues, were akin to terrorism because they weren't they were holding up the speakership. I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I was in the twilight zone during this. Everybody was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Oh, it's chaos. No, that's democracy. That's how the system is supposed to work. We, they're yelling at but those 20 you, people. Oh, you, you better, have, you, you better get yeah. in line and get on board with the Republican party. Bullshit. They were elected right. by people to, to go to Congress and not just get along and go along. They were elected to represent people that voted them in. And a lot of us didn't want the, the speaker to go through. The, the fact that they argued and fought and debated about it, isn't that how it's supposed to work? Exactly. Exactly. And that's why you have to, that's why I always say take two steps back here. You've got to realize that this is the swamp and there, the R and the D are just metaphors to try to keep us separate. These people are all in it for themselves. I mean, the, the biggest thing was with, with I'm going to point to Crenshaw because this guy was a Navy SEAL. He was supposed to be defending the Constitution. He was, you know, and I, I, I appreciate his service. I was a service member. You were a service member. I appreciate his service. But here you are because you're not towing the company line that you're, you're, you're akin to terrorism. And now this is all precedented on he wanted, a, he wanted one of those chairmanships and didn't get it. Um, yeah one of the Homeland Security, and he didn't get it. And I'm so happy he didn't get it because he don't deserve it. Exactly. Somebody talks like that, 
about other elected officials shouldn't even be up there, in my opinion. I agree. So it's just it, it, people have to open their eyes. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a right-left issue. It's, you have to get the people that are for the establishment out of there. I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat anymore because they're all they're, it's them against us. And unfortunately, it just seems that way. I don't want to – I hate to think that. But it seems that way. No, I, you know, I, it sure I kinda does. Underst- I kind of understand. I kind of understand why Kevin McCarthy was a good pick in general, because he can appeal to a different wide array of people up there, moderates, conservatives and, and the liberal Republicans. But he definitely wasn't a good pick for the country. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. No, I didn't. I never I never thought so. I never thought, you know, he was a good leader. So, uh, but, you know, it's, that's who we got. I, I mean, a guy like Jim Jordan, would, I think, would have been a hell of a lot better, I, but he wasn't ready to take the reins. I, I, was just gonna, I was just about to say before you said that, if I, if I would have had the choice, it would have been Jim Jordan. Yeah, yeah. You know, he just wasn't, he just d- doesn't have his mindset in that position. He, yeah. didn't, he doesn't want to be it. That, that, Which is he fine. He doesn't want to be that guy. All right. Hey, Fred, yeah. we're going to move along. The calls are starting to pile up on me. Let's go to Tennessee. Paul, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, I got a question about Dr. X's multi-collagen protein powder. You got any opinions on it? Uh, yeah, I seem to kind of buck the trend on this whole thing. There seem to be an awful lot of practitioners that are big on protein powders and collagen powders. And I mean, we sell a collagen and there are times when I add it to my, um, you know, NDK coffee in the morning, but not much. Um, you know, bone broth is a pretty good form of collagen. It's a whole food form. I'd rather see just people drink bone broth you know, a couple times a week. Protein itself, we do not need to supplement protein. Now, I know collagen is a very specific form of protein that does certain things, but I would just rather see that we get it from the foods we eat, um, the bone broth, you know, eating more nose to tail. Um, You know, I find myself these days actually eating things like cartilage, you know, whereas before you're eating, you, you know, you're eating a piece of chicken and you, you bite off that part and it's kind of hard and gnarly. And, you know, normally I would spit it. And now I just chew it and eat it. I, I think all of that stuff is probably good for us. So I am not a fan of protein powders. I, I just tell people there is no reason whatsoever to supplement protein. Now, if you if you're needing collagen for some reason. You know, you've identified some some issues around collagen. Well, then, yeah, doing a collagen protein powder for a while might make some sense. But um, I, I just don't find many cases where it helps all that much. Okay. That's now, if you're to going know. to use a protein powder, Dr. X has a good one. I mean, I've looked at it. His products are good. Well, but I, I just don't see yeah, the need I, for a protein powder. I've had... The- that subscription to that this is going on my third year i just don't really i'm just not really convinced it was doing anything yeah Uh, i I feel the same way i down 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 deep i just didn't have the feeling i needed to keep doing it but i didn't really have anything to base that on either and i didn't have any reason to base it on to get it but 
Well, that, you know, that was kind of how we came to that conclusion way back when we, you know, everybody's saying, oh, you need to supplement yeah. protein. And, uh, you know, I, I, we just didn't see any real results. I've tried it. I've had other people try it. Like I say, if you want to take it, I don't see any big downside to taking it, but I, I'm just not sure it's doing much. No, I don't either. I would just rather spend my money elsewhere on something that I'm going to get a benefit out of. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Wisconsin this time. Mick, welcome to the program. Hey, good uh, morning. Still morning here anyway. <laughs> um, just uh, a few things, I guess. Um, I'll start with the, uh, I, I did have just a, um, well, I guess the, uh, the adaptogen stuff. The, when you do that, um, I think I've been struggling a little bit with my digestion, I guess. And it, and I, I think it's due, due mainly to stress. And, um, so I'm curious about this. I've been, I've done quite a few of the different things. I've followed you for years and, and, you know, I think my diet is reasonably good. Um, we, uh, you know, occasionally, well, probably once a week when I'm home with the family, we, will end up going out to eat. So, you know, that, that would probably be, but it's much easier when I'm on the road by myself. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, but, uh, so I'm, I'm just kind of curious, is this, so I've done, I've, I don't do the infrared thing. I really don't work out. I'm a flat better. So I feel like I get quite a bit of plenty of movement. I, I do LTL around Chicago and stuff, and it's pretty I'm pretty active as far as that goes. Um, I feel like when you look at me, I look just perfectly healthy, but you know, and I, I sleep like a rock, but, um, a lot of times I still wake up feeling tired and things like that. So I'm curious about this adaptogen thing. Do you just start trying different ones or how do you, how do you kind of pinpoint what you think might help? Yeah, so there are actually a couple different ways of choosing adaptogens. There, there's a good book. Um, in fact, uh, Danielle, who we had on the show, we did the miniseries with her. Um, she was a yep. co-author of the book called Healing Adaptogens. Um, the other co-author, I, I have got to figure out how to pronounce this guy's name. He's actually the founder of Four Sigmatic. And Danielle's with Four Sigmatic. They wrote this book together. Uh, it's an excellent book. Best information on adaptogens anywhere, hands down. Um, but it's still a little complicated. You actually pick them based on what what major problem we're trying to solve. So adaptogens actually do a lot of things in our body. Adaptogens are a huge part of our immune system. So if you were looking at building better immunity, we would focus on the adaptogens that, that affect immunity. Adaptogens have a huge impact on our thought processes in our brain, how clearly we think. So there are adaptogens we would focus on if that was our goal. You know, mental clarity and, and brain energy, we would focus on those adaptogens, lion's mane, um, then there are adaptogens that balance the nervous system. And that's really when we're talking about a stress protocol, those are the adaptogens we're going to focus on. The one I've had, the, okay. now then there's also this 
strategy and theory of there are multiple adaptogens that can impact the nervous system. There is a strategy on matching a specific type of adaptogen for the immune system to a specific person. That's the one I'm not totally, I don't feel completely comfortable that I understand that part of it enough. Um, what I have found though so far is it seems to be Rishi is one of the adaptogens that is really good at balancing the immune system. And it seems to be working for everybody I'm using it for. So I, I, it may not be the exact perfect combination of adaptogens, but it seems to be getting results. If that's the one you sell in your store, this Rishi. Um, we're actually getting ready to release several new products from Four Sigmatic. We're, there will be several Rishi products in there. there will, there's a, um, a, a coffee product, ground coffee, that has Rishi in it. And it's a, um, it's a decaf. Because if we're working on the immune system, getting rid of caffeine isn't a bad idea either. So they have a decaf coffee that is infused with reishi. That's one product. Uh, we are bringing that into the store. They have the cacao drink in the packet. So it's like an instant drink mix. It, it, and cacao itself is an adaptogen. So it's a cacao based, but it's got a lot of reishi in it. I believe it's got a little bit of holy basil in it. That's a really good instant, you know, hot drink at night. We're having really good luck with that. And that product will be in the store. But we are also bringing in some adaptogens for both the immune system and uh, mental clarity. Okay. But there's also um, the body constitution that Danielle was explaining. And the way that they think of that is more from an Eastern medicine, you know, kind of philosophy is that we each, we all run differently. So, some of us run hot, some of us run cold, some of us run like more wet, some dry. So in the book, which I found pretty helpful was you, you might be, you know, targeting a specific um, kind of, you know, like, like for instance, um, boost your immunity or, um, you know, you're targeting something very specific, but she also takes it to the next level by talking about, okay, well, like for someone like me, I know I run dry and on the colder side. So then I can take it the next step further and say, okay, well then this adaptogen is probably a little bit better for me. But if you don't want to dive that deep into it, then, and you want something that's going to help you with sleep and whatnot, then I would start with the chill cacao powder that we already have in the store and just try that for a bit and see how that, how that works for you. That's one of my favorites. All right, I might do that. I, yeah, I, I, I was, or I am kind of, I was doing a lot of, you know, kombuchas that night because it's somewhat sweet, like the tart cherry, just the store-bought ones, you know. And But they do have some caffeine. That's probably not a good idea. But like I say, I, I sleep fine, but I I do tend to wake up still tired often. Um, and, uh, um, but, well, I feel like I sleep fine. I guess I don't monitor i don't i don't do any the technology stuff that you're kind of talking about is interesting to me too but i i have not taken the step of purchasing anything like that um 
So that, that, I may try that, um, or that would probably be a good thing to try. And, you know, cause I do seem to have a kind of a sweet craving or something at night, you know, I think is fairly common anyway, but, um, but, uh, um, uh, so I'll, I'll have to give that a try. Um, so let me tell you one uh, of the ways I, another question. Um, I prepare that okay. um, cacao at night, the, the reishi cacao, it's called chill. Um, I almost treat that like dessert. So I have a, you know, sure, yeah. I might have dinner, sometimes my meals at lunch, sometimes later in the day, but usually sometime after I've eaten my last meal of the day, which is usually somewhere around six or seven o'clock at night, uh, about a half hour later or so, you know, I kind of get that craving for something a little sweet. That's about the time that it's going to happen for me. Uh, so I'll make this yep. cacao drink. Think of it like hot chocolate. I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, yep. First okay. off, I'll make it sure. with with heavy cream. Now I do use some hot water to kind of blend it. Then I finish it with heavy cream and I get this nice, heavy, rich consistency. It's just amazing. And then I do put a, a good, yeah. good heaping teaspoon of raw honey in there. And between the heavy oh, cream okay. and that honey and chocolate, oh, it is like a decadent dessert. Well, it sounds like it's making me want to try it right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I look forward but, uh, to that okay, at night yeah, just as much as I look forward to my NDK coffee in the morning. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I uh, well, here recently I, I've been doing just some cinnamon tea. I don't know for what, maybe that's a, a weird, I don't know, for whatever reason, cinnamon has been sounding really good to me in the last, just since, since like, I don't know, around Christmas time or whatever. And yeah. I've kind of stopped the kombuchas and been doing that, I guess, which I think is probably better as far as the caffeine thing goes. But um, anyway, um, so thanks for that. On the liver, I, we have, we buy grass fed beef, usually a half every year. And, and uh, I get the liver and the way I prepare it, what I've been doing is I'll take a one pound package and, um, they have it sliced real thin and I'll just cut it into little, I don't know, about quarter size chunks or 50 cent piece chunks. And I, I like to grill it and I, I kind of cover it with a, we have a seasoning called Montreal steak, which is just a store bought. I don't really know if it's that clean, but it, it tastes really good. It's got kind of a peppery yeah. anyway. Um, and then I just, I grill those on the Weber grill so they get that smoke. And then, um, I just eat them cold. Um, throughout the week. Like I'll take a baggie full of them and just kind of eat. And that is so good that way. It's like almost like beef jerky. Oh, there you go. Um, and then, and, uh, you know, I, I, they're somewhat raw in the middle, you know, but I think that I, I don't know. I haven't had it. I haven't gotten sick yet, <laughs> but, uh, um, so anyway, but I don't, after, I don't know, it's been a while ago. Now somebody said something about you can kind of over consume that, vitamin D, I believe, and, and it causes kind of some anxiety issues. I think I was kind of getting maybe some of that. Um, so are you better off like what you were kind of explaining in the pill form, just a tiny amount over a long period of time, or can you kind of, I don't know, maybe eat that for a while and then maybe take a break for a while? Is there a Throughout the year, is there a better way than another, do you think? Or? I, I, I don't know. Um, 
you know, it's, it's kind of one of those areas where you just got to kind of figure it out on your own. There isn't really any hard numbers to go by. Certainly, if you're eating a certain food, and in this case, liver, and you notice a negative side effect, a little bit more anxiety, um, maybe it is you're getting mm-hmm. an overabundance of something like B12 that's lowering your lithium levels. And, and then if you back off and it goes away, well, then that's a pretty good sign that uh, maybe you found your, your tolerance limit. Hey, liver is so loaded with yeah. nutrients that it, there there might be some issues if you ate it too much and too often. Okay. Yeah. Because I was eating I mean, it like every week or every, really every day for quite a while there because it was just, it you, tasted really good. But then, yeah. You, you know what might I've be interesting? I've noticed now that it's winter. That, okay. Let's think about, because I always try to, if we don't have good, you know, hard evidence of something, I always try to look back at the hunter-gatherer model and see if there's anything I can, any conclusions I can draw from that. So let's think about a hunter-gatherer, a tribe. Um, The tribe goes out that day to kill something and they kill an elk or a deer, whatever it is. How how much liver is in there? Well, Not a much. lot, but if you spread that out over a lot of people, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, compared to the size of the animal, yeah. Yeah, so how much liver did everybody get from each kill? And we're, right. and I'm sure there was some of this, were, were tribes like a wolf pack. Because when a wolf pack takes down an animal, guess who gets the liver? Yeah, the top dog, yep. Yeah, sure. the alpha male and female usually share the liver. So, you know, I I have a feeling that may have happened in human tribes as well. I'm at the top of the pile and I'm going to stay there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyway, I've noticed since it's been winter, I haven't grilled nearly as much. And I I kind of, so I backed off on that. And I just, I kind of noticed that I had just been more relaxed. I did take almost the whole month of December off out of the truck. too, (laughs) So that might be it too. Well, good. But, yeah. uh, yeah, but anyway, do you get, do you have one, I've got one more question that I, it, it's, it's just a mess and I, maybe you've got some ideas, maybe not. I've got a 21 year old son. He's autistic. His, this is before I started following. Well, I've, I've followed you since when you used to be on Dave Nemo. Okay. So, I mean, I've kind of gone through this journey with you, Yeah. but his, you know, what we, we, and with autistics, you know, we, we raised him what we thought was right at the time. And, of course. you know, the, the, the poor kid lives on macaroni and cheese and goldfish crackers and water. He does not drink pop. Or, thank God we didn't introduce him to that because I was, I was a big pop drinker. Yeah. But um, I, now he refuses. I mean, he literally eats no meat, no vegetables. He eats macaroni and cheese, goldfish crackers. He does eat cheese. That's what I'd say the only good thing he eats and then drinks water and then he'll have a huge bowl of ice cream at night. That's his diet. And I just, I'm, we, we have no idea where to start because he just, he refuses. And I I don't know if you guys have dealt with anything like that at all, but um, I, you know, he, to look at him, he looks relatively healthy, skinny and, and, you know, fairly active, I oh, guess, but hey, it's because hey. he's 21. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just about to say, Mick, he's not healthy. 
I, I don't no, even. No, I know I, he's not. His diet is correct. horrible. I mean, I, all I need to know to know that he's not healthy is what you just told me. So I, I I'm right. I struggle with this a little bit because I I don't understand autism enough. I mean, I, I've read it and researched it, and I have the basic idea, but I, I never experienced it. I know they have issues with texture is a big thing. Um, yep, and that's the best. We used to try to make him eat meat when he was a kid, you know, and he just. He could maybe force down a chunk of roast beef once in a while, and that yeah, was, it he just would not. Yeah, it, this is not uncommon. They it, food issues with autistics very, very common. They, it's it's texture issues for them. Um, uh, so, one of the things that you know, well, if we talk about kids, um, my approach with kids and food was um, this is dinner. We're eating together and you can choose to eat it or not. I'm not going to sit here and force you to eat. I'm not going to tell you you have to eat, you know, 10 more peas or you have to eat two more bites of steak. We're we're not going to have that fight around food at the table. Here's the food. We're all going to sit here and have dinner together and you can either eat or not. And if if you sit there and don't eat anything, I'm not going to say a word, but I'm also going to make sure you don't have access to other food. Now, I I would do that with children Mm. and I don't think that's cruel or you know, mean or anything. It, it, it's, it's, te- it, that's our job as parents. We're supposed to teach our children the smart way to live and the right things to do to be, you know, a productive, healthy member of society. So if I had to withhold other food from them and say, look, it, it, we're not going to fight about it. You either eat it or you don't. I really don't care, but you're not going to get up from the dinner table and go make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's not going to happen. Now, I'm sure a lot of people would say that would be really cruel if I did that to a child with autism, but I'm I'm not sure if it is cruel. I think we're beyond that that part now. What I would say is 21, you know, I'm not, you know, from my experience at 21 and even before 21, you kind of start you know, getting interested in girls and dates start to happen. And I don't know where he is socially because if he's on the spectrum, everyone's different. But I feel as though making a good impression in front of a girl, he's not going to go to a restaurant, sit down and order the kids mac and cheese. He's going to have to figure out what he can order from a menu that's from the adult menu. And I feel like those things are that are inevitable will eventually kind of push him out of his, you know, very kind of rigid ways of thinking about food. That's my yeah. initial thought. Um, he has expressed he, some interest. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. But um, even, and, and even if it's, even you can probably help that conversation along, especially if he's expressed some interest in some girls, because mm-hmm. you can kind of have those conversations about, dating and taking girls out to dinner and, you know, and, and whatnot, and then bring that up. Hey, you know, what would you order? Because you're, I'm sure you're not going to order mac and cheese. So I don't know. Kind of <laughs> he literally does though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, we, we go to Texas Roadhouse <laughs> right. and he orders off the kid's menu. <laughs> I know. So, oh. hey, hey, Mick, there is another idea here. There's another approach we could take and it, it's not ideal, but nothing about this situation is ideal. 
Um, I, you know, right. our, our ancestral supplements, which are really just whole food organ meats, um, I, I would make those a pretty big part of his diet. And I, he probably has issues swallowing pills, so we may have to open up the capsules and put them into something. Or, you know, we, we may have to try to blend liver into his cheese sauce or something for the macaroni and cheese. But I, I would probably play around with some of the ancestral supplements um, we may not and ever adding, be able to adding, get him to least, eat the right yeah. whole foods. Yeah. Okay. Maybe at least adding some of those other supplements to yeah. the diet might be the. He actually he actually does take pills really well. Oh, good. Because um, he's oh, been okay. on you know ADHD meds all his life, and you know, and that's I'm sure not contributing to the or not helping the situation, yeah. you know. Right. Um, so, but I just you know. Once you've gone so far with someone who refuses to change, how do you undo it? You know, as right. it, you know, my wife and I, you know, we, we feel horrible about it, but we didn't know, you know, we it, fed them what they could eat, what they would eat, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the other thing so, you could try, um, I, I don't know if either you or your wife are, you know, big cooks or handy in the kitchen or, you know, maybe you just really sit down and focus on developing recipes based around things he likes that we could make healthier. You know, could we get yeah. some liver blended into the cheese sauce for the macaroni and cheese? Things like that, you know, work on, you know, recipes that he might eat. Maybe it's really weird stuff, but you know, we, we find things where the texture is okay and the taste isn't too strong, and then we try to hide some things in there. Yeah, possibly. We could, I don't know. We haven't had, I mean, literally, it's like if it's not craft mac I'll, and I'll cheese, bet. you know, no, the, I, I, the, you know how it is. I just get like, it. Yep. Uh, the, and he can pick out the tiniest little thing out I of, know. you know, and then anyway, but yeah, we'll, I'll, I, I think maybe it's, some of those supplements, like you said, that might be an idea. That might be something at least if we can't eat the good stuff, at least maybe adding good stuff in a different way might be a, at least a step in the right direction. Well, you know, so, here's yeah. the thing. If, if we take somebody who eats a much more variety than your son is eating, but they're still eating the standard American diet and they're eating more variety, but it's all garbage anyway, it, and we give them some of these supplements, we see really good results. Now imagine somebody who's, yeah, who's basically true. getting no nutrition through their diet whatsoever. I have a feeling you might see really good results. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, 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 we'll focus on that. And um, uh, thanks for your tips, guys. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Indiana. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um, I've been listening to you for quite a while, and I'm coming up on 27 months of uh, doing the keto and uh, doing your protocol and, and whatnot. But last four months, I have gained weight, and I have not changed anything the way I'm eating. I was 175. I got to 145, and now I've been stuck back up at 155. Okay. And I haven't changed anything that I'm I'm eating. Got it. 
Okay. Um, those numbers are really familiar because they're almost identical to my numbers. I started around 180, got down yeah. into the 130s. You know, 145 really is about the bottom for me. I mean, I don't, I don't feel good if I go lower than 145 and I start to look like, uh, you know, I get pretty gaunt looking. But so I, I've had that, that same experience. And I can fluctuate between 145 and 155 back and forth. And I actually do that a lot, not on purpose, but... It's primarily because of all the testing I'm doing. You know, if, if I go heavy into my sure. stress protocol, I'll drop back down to 145 in two weeks. When I slack off the stress protocol, I might go back up to 150, 155. And not a big deal. I mean, I, I, I probably feel really good at about 150, you know, right in the middle of that range. At the moment, I actually got on the scale the other day, I was 157. I mean, that's the heaviest I've been in a long time. Um, but two days later, I was four pounds under that. I mean, that's how much my weight can fluctuate sometimes, especially when I'm doing all the weird biohacking. Uh, my guess is sure, that, I- um, that this is no different than a hundred other cases we've seen. It's stress-related. Well, I was wondering, you were saying that, but every time you said that, I said, well, I got the 145, and every day I was 144, 145, or 146. Now, the only thing that's changed dramatically in my life is we bought a different house and moved, and I wouldn't have anybody do that unless it's extremely necessary. That's a lot of stress. Because it's... Yeah, there's divorce, there's death, and there's moving. Yeah. And so, and it seemed to be right at this new house. I have the same scale. I'm doing the exact same things. Now, what you had said earlier that you haven't been doing your stuff for six weeks, I'm just wondering, I, I like to experiment that I just stop the cold shoulder showers and the the planks in the morning and, and I mean, I'm taking, I still do the cardio miracle every morning. Um, and my bone NDK bone broth and just, you know, I'm about 20 carbs a day, but I just gained and I, it's in my stomach. I can tell when I look down, I, I'm flabbier. Yeah. So is that just stress? Uh, it is. I, I, I am convinced because we see it so often now. Um, you know, I know it sounds simple and, uh, you know, the, it seems like, well, this wouldn't have much of a difference, but just that mushroom cacao at night, the reishi cacao, uh, pretty powerful results with several people now. Um, and, and again, this is stress. So everything we can do to address stress and sometimes backing off of the physical protocol is what we need to do. Yeah. So should I just, I mean, I, I'm good at, like you said, you, you've experimented, you've done things, you've started things, you've stopped things. So I think I'm just going to back off the cold showers and the planking first thing in the morning for a while and just see what the heck happens. Yeah, I, I would. And I, I would encourage you to experiment with some adaptogens. Yeah. So what, what exactly is that in your store called? So I, I mean, yeah. So the, the store, it's not 
in alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah, so let me go um, look. I, I'll give you the exact name. I mean, I can see it in my mind. Um, sure. It is a like a single packet drink. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you search for the word chill, it'll chill. come right up. Um, the the name of the product is actually mushroom cacao mix with reishi. Okay. Mushroom cacao. Okay. Yeah, so it's a um, it's a single packet. Also, it I think on the packet it says now we also have a product. I think it's in, well, let me look and see if it's in the store right now. If it's not in the store right now, it's going to be soon because uh, it, it was part of the order. Um, it may not be because I'm not getting anything when I search for it yet. Let me try this. Let me search for all of our. All of our uh, four sigmatic. So you products. said it was like. A, I I don't see it yet, it but it, like it should uh-huh. be in the store soon. It's actually called an elixir, and it's a reishi elixir. So if we take one packet of the the chill cacao, one packet of that elixir, and mix them together, and then you add the hot water, some heavy cream, some honey, becomes like a dessert. That is a boatload of reishi. I mean, it's a ton plus several other adaptogens in there. That and that's how I do mine at night. I haven't really been mentioning that because we don't have the elixir in the store yet. I know it's going to confuse people, but once we do, that's my recipe at night. It's the chill cacao, the okay. reishi elixir. You know, some and you know if if heavy cream doesn't work for you, you can add butter, just like we do in the morning. Butter makes this taste really good too. A little bit of honey kind of balances out that earthy kind of mushroom. Um, it, it's really, really good. And that is a powerful drink. Okay. Oh, another question. on the, I just got a new um, canister of the uh, Cardio Miracle. Okay. And the first couple, the, I opened it up and it's, the new stuff is really, really red, where the last stuff from the old container was not so red. Does that stuff oxidize over time, or does it, is the new stuff I got different? I have no idea. I don't think they've changed the formulation. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bright fire engine uh, red, where before it was a muted grayish purpley yeah so no red. I, I i i have a feeling maybe it just does fade over time I, i'll check on that though for sure because i i get the biggest jug you know and i do one scoop a day and after probably four months maybe just the air getting to it over time oxidizes it i, 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 I don't know I, and that, that may be yeah it's the first thing I mixed out of the new can. I was like, holy mackerel, this thing is fire engine red. Right. So, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll do well, some checking on that. Curious. Okay, because I was just curious with this weight gain that I had. I even, when I first started, 
I got to 155, and then you, I had a couple one-on-ones with you, and you said uh, I got the fat burner or the digestive. I'm right, sorry. right. So I tried that again on my tried that again on my own, and then nothing, nothing changed. You know, that's that's a good experiment, though. Though I, I think the more people experiment on their own, the, the more and more you learn. I mean, that's how I tend to learn with just all the experimentation I do. Um, and that was a good thought. It worked for you the first time. Maybe, you know, my digestion right. has fallen off a little bit. But, um, Lauren, how common is this pattern right now? Oh, extremely. It's. <laughs> Yeah. Something it, it, it's that almost everybody. Constantly. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you were a woman, I would start playing around with other things. Right. Just because women are built a little differently. We're a little more hormonally driven. Um, you know, I just, I just had a woman who is basically eating one meal a day and her hormones are a wreck and all of a sudden I, I had her start incorporating regular, you know, three meals a day. And we'll see how it goes, but, you know, sometimes that's the case. But it, it, it's very clear. And, you know, listening to you reflect on your move by saying that you wouldn't recommend anyone does it the way you did it, <laughs> just goes to show that it, it, was a str- it was a stressful thing, you know, for you. So yeah, it might we take were, you a minute to, to get back to we normal. Were 30 <laughs> years in one place. You know how much crap you could serve in one place in 30 years? Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. And the house we got was three, and the house we bought three and a half times the size of the other one. So oh boy. At least I've got room to put all the, some of the crap. So, but, uh, okay. oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like, I believe a lot in, in like you, Kevin, I'm always contrary to, to what the general public is doing. And now you're saying I'm common with weight gain. Unintentionally. Well, you better better uh, get on the ball then. Yeah, I don't want to be like everybody else. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah. Look, what do you think that elixir is going to come in? They could be it. It if the shipment showed up yesterday when it was supposed to. I know Lisa actually went down to the warehouse today. I saw her leave this morning. Um, There's a good chance they're working on it now. Okay, because I, when I bought that Cardio Miracle, I got the uh, that uh, nice thick planner that you got. You oh yeah, was that it was included if you ordered one hundred and fifty dollars. So I got that, and I was like, I'm getting ready to. Excellent. I'll try this cacao mix with the elixir when it comes in. But yeah, I like your that that uh, planner is very nice. I don't Excellent. Know if you've gotten any feedback on that? Good, good. All right. Oh, and speaking like, of which, if um, you know the. The four, new Four Sigmatic products should be in the store. If they're not in there now or today, they're going to be in there within the next couple of days. It's also a really good time to go order from the store. Um, we are bringing in several new products. We're working on some of our own products. We have a lot of stuff going on in the store. So, Um, One of the things Lisa and the team did, they kind of went through the inventory, found some things that um, don't necessarily move all that well. Maybe they're really specific kind of products. And some of them are pretty um, general mainstream. We have some stuff on sale right now, 50% off. We're we're trying to clear out some space in the warehouse and there's nothing wrong with any of this stuff. 
Um, for a lot of it, it's stuff people use regular. We just don't move as much of it maybe as some of our other products. So um, trying to help you out, help us out. So now would be a great time to go in there and look at some of the mushroom adaptogens and then check out the products that are uh, 50% off. Great time to stock up. We are out of calls, so um, we might wrap this up. We'll give you a couple minutes here to jump in. If you want to join us, pick up the phone, 855-950-3835. Lauren, what do you have going on today? Today, we have a Facebook Live at 3 p.m. Eastern, where we're going to talk about gut health. Um, you know, just some pretty basic stuff, uh, all just kind of came about from a question that, that came in over the last week. So we'll be talking about that. Um, let me see here. Yeah. So we'll talk about what's important, you know, why the microbiome is important, what contributes to an unhealthy microbiome and how to improve it and make sure that yours is healthy. Um, yeah, and you can find us uh, Let's Truck Tribe on Facebook. That's how you, you know that you are at the right place and you're notified when we do go live. So it's, it's actually uh, Let's Truck Tribe Facebook group. Excellent. All right. Um, looks like we've got a call coming in, so we'll, uh, we'll hang out for a minute or so here. Um, we do have a, a lot of stuff going on. I know I keep talking about these projects and I've got to start finishing. I, and I think we're getting pretty close. We're waiting on a couple things. Um, the stress protocol is the big one. This thing has really grown into kind of a monster and I got to figure out how to finish it. I, I'm, we're probably 95% done. Um, just got to figure out how to finish it, roll it out. Hot honey is still a big project, and that that's just going to be time-consuming. I mean, I work on that a little bit all the time, but there's just a, a lot to that. Um, finding, sourcing all the right products, finding the right co-packer, or there's bottles, there's labels, there's, there's just a lot going on. So that project's in the works. We have the, um, as part of the stress protocol, the new formulation of... Um, Supplements. We're going to be bringing out our own supplements for this. So that's a big project. I'm sure I'm missing three or four <laughs> others that, uh, oh, Matt's is coming up. Um, I, I, you know, last year was the first year at Matt's in 20 years that I didn't do a seminar at Matt's. So I'm, I'm working with uh, show management right now. Uh, to, we'll have a pretty big presence there this year, I believe. Nothing's finalized yet. But we're also talking about next year, even talking about next, the Louisville show in 2024, we're talking about already. So that's another project that's in the works. Uh, oh, the, the, the two tribe sites, we're, we're combining those and rolling out, uh, you know, all new subscription models. There's just a lot going on. And, and we kind of got to the point where there was too many things going on at once and nothing being finished. So I, I've, it's really time for me to kind of buckle down now. I have the things I need. Um, I've just got to lock the door once in a while and turn off the phone and just crank out some of this work. 
Yeah, it's all good stuff. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's grab some calls. Let's go to Iowa. Brandy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. I have a simple question. Um, I've bought uh, your uh, ancestral deliver as well as the environmental one, and then with the the bone or the organ ones. And but I've seen all these other uh, ones that are in your store, and I've just been curious. Can I try? <laughs> I want to try them. But I just kind of wondered, what are the, I knew, you know, I did the liver because the drivers has, it just made me feel so great. So I, I bought that. And then the organs were, ones were also another one that uh, I do from time to time. But I, I've been curious about the other ones that I haven't tried. And I just wanted to see what you thought of that. And I think you've kind of answered it earlier in today, but I just, I thought I'd ask direct. Yeah, I, I would experiment with them. I mean, I, <sighs> You know, in one sense, I could actually look, I'm looking at the whole list of them right now, and I could say, take them all, <laughs> except that's not very practical. For one Good. thing, you'd be swallowing about 60 pills a day. Um, well, that's like, you said they were, but you said the other, well, a while back that they're actual meals, they're not really supplements. So, like, if I wanted to have a, you know, it just almost sounds like uh, the Jetsons kind of thing, I'm going to have a meal and a pill, but. <laughs> Well, if I don't eat liver, I can have, uh, you know, a different meal with each different bottle. I, and that's okay with me. It's like a, a snack while I drive. It, it's not a bad idea. Again, I, you know, if I were going to make some specific recommendations, I, I might recommend starting with the female enhancement. You know, Lauren's been talking about, you know, okay. hormone balance. And I mean, this is a really great product to address that in a whole food kind of way. We're not using bioidentical hormones. We're not using hormone therapy. We're just giving you the right nutrients for your body to produce its own hormones in the right amounts. Uh, so I might start there. Right. The, um, the adrenal okay. um, would not be a bad one at all. That would be a really powerful. A lot of people are suffering adrenal fatigue. This could help with that. So you could try any of them or all of them or, you know, any combination of them. There, there's no real reason not to other than that they are somewhat expensive. So I, I understand that part of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but that's but, fine. But I, I think there could be a lot of benefit from this. I, I have a, a note that I've had around for a while that I need to go research this because something about this confuses me. Um Lauren, jump in here. Let's think about this for a second. So we take a piece of liver. I, I know the process behind this. And we freeze dry it. And basically what that does is it takes out all the water. And freeze. so does dehydration. But freeze drying is actually more gentle, gets more water out, maintains more of the nutrients. So all that we have done at this point is remove water, Correct. Yeah, pretty much. So, and I know we don't talk a lot about calories because calories really aren't important when it comes to health or weight loss or any of that stuff. But calories, I mean, it does tell us something. So I, I want somebody to explain this to me. If, if I take a pound of liver and a pound of liver is 500 calories or whatever it is, I have no idea what it is, but whatever that number is, and I freeze dry that down to now it becomes 12 capsules or, or whatever the amount is. Do those 12 capsules still have all the calories in them? Shouldn't they? 
Yeah, they should. Absolutely. But I don't think they do. Well, how could they not? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, for some reason, I don't think that they... Do we have that on the... Can I see that on the um, nutritional information? I should be able to. Somewhere on the bottle. Oh, maybe on supplements you don't have to put um, all that information. But I've always wondered about that. I But... If all we took out was water, then all the other stuff should still be there. But I, I, for some reason, I, but, and if that's the case, if all we took out is water and, you know, Brandy mentioned the Jetsons, shouldn't I be able to just eat these capsules and drink some water and it would be just like a meal? I mean, yeah. But I don't think it is. I don't I, think I could live on I this. I don't ever think about it like a meal. Yeah, I don't think so either. Not to mention, you can't just, you wouldn't want to just live on liver. So we, we well, talked it, about toxicity. No, yeah, but let's liver. say that I, I take this whole line. So, you know, I eat heart, I eat <clears throat> liver, I eat lung, oh, I eat adrenals, I eat, uh, you know, colostrum, all this stuff that comes from the animal. So now I'm eating the animal nose to tail. Mm-hmm. I, That's my idea. Yeah, I know. I've always wondered about this, though. Why? Because I, I don't think it works that way. But I don't know why. Why not? Well, I like the boost that liver gives me. I, I oh, kind yeah. of all of a sudden yeah. I'm wide awake. I just love that. And then the organs, I know I get a benefit with that too. Yeah, I, I know there are absolutely results. We feel them. We know there are effects. But I, I just, I've always, in the back of my mind, I've always wondered if all we did was take out the water, if I swallow the capsule and drink the water, why isn't that just like a meal and why couldn't I survive on that? Yeah. But I don't think he can. I I, it, I just need to go figure out how I find that answer. Yeah, that I don't know. I don't know where you find that answer. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know either. I, I've asked the question and I get the deer in the headlights look. <laughs> well, I will definitely uh, buy all of them at some point uh, under what you just said. Yeah, give it a shot. And if they works out well, I will give them to other people. And that's worked out quite well. I've, I've really turned some people on to uh, good your adaptogen stuff. I, I gave that out for Christmas, and I've heard some good results from it. Yeah. Excellent. So, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. All right. That's, that's all. Good stuff. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Connecticut. Joe, welcome to the program. How are we doing today? Good. What's on so your mind? Your, your, call, your caller that was talking about his son that only likes to eat mac and cheese, um, some suggestions. Uh, I've been to weddings where they'll have like a bar and you go up and you take your scoop of mac and cheese and then you add other things to it. You might add peas. You might add diced ham. You might add shrimp. Lobster. You know, other items like that. And, yeah, lobster is a big one. In uh, If you go to seafood restaurants, a lot of them will have a lobster mac and cheese, which is really good 
and you know a lot of the flavor is all still in the cheese so again it's a way to bring it out you know get people to eat more things i know it's my granddaughter she loves her mac and cheese she's five but she rates her macs right every restaurant or whoever makes it she rates them so then we started to slip in you know, like, you like broccoli? Let's put some broccoli in your mac and cheese. See how it cheeses up. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that's real tasty, Grampy. You know, so yeah, little so, things that you put in it, so here's you know, the, might help. Yeah, it's a, it's a great suggestion. Here's what will probably happen, though. And again, we have to remember we're dealing with somebody with autism here. You just said something. Yes. Let's add broccoli because you like broccoli. Makes total sense. Let's add some peas because you like peas. Let's add some ham because you like ham. This child does not like any of those foods. And and they are right. so sensitive to texture. You can mince onions and they will spit them out. They will find them and, yeah. and they okay. will. I mean, that's how severe this can be with, with autistics. They're, they're so overly yeah. sensitive to stimulation. So the texture freaks them out. The tastes are too strong for them. Um, so it, it, it's a good suggestion, but the, the challenge really is here that the, the child will just not eat it. You can stick everything you want, macaroni and cheese, and the kid's either going to eat around it or he just won't eat. Well, sometimes though, I, and I don't know if this, you know, young man eats only one brand, but I know like with my grandkids, again, they go to different restaurants. So it's a little bit different and they pick up on it and either they'll say yes or no. And maybe, you know, again, if you, if they get mac and cheese from different restaurants, maybe it's a way to just yeah, start can't that, hurt to try that flavor yeah. change. Yeah. That flavor change and maybe they adjust and, you know, then it, some of it's mind over matter. Some of it's all mind over matter. I mean, I, I understand that, but it was just a thought, something that I've seen work with people when you're trying to implement different food groups. Uh, so I thought I'd bring it up. No, absolutely. Good recommendation. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Missouri. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, I was calling to talk to you about, um, a disease that my family has that's CMT. Uh, uh, the the tooth disease? Car, uh, car. No, it's car. Yeah, it's car Mary tooth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar. And mostly it affects their feet. Yeah, what's the the cause? Because everybody's telling me it's genetic, but I'm, not, I'm the only one in the family that doesn't have it. Everybody's telling you it's what? It's genetic. Um, it is, it is hereditary. Um, we don't know the specific genes that might cause it, but we do know that it is hereditary. So that means it probably is genetic. Um, most diseases are not genetic. Genetic diseases are truly pretty rare. Um, but this one is genetic. It's hereditary. It definitely runs in families. Um, here's the thing okay. that I know, even when a disease is truly genetic, diet still plays a huge role. 
Now, I'm not ever going to say that, oh, we could change the diet and we could cure somebody of this, but we can start affecting whether those genes are expressed or not. We can turn off genes that cause problems with diet and lifestyle. So even when a disease is hereditary or genetic, I'm still a big believer in diet can make improvements in this. Yeah, and I, I've tried to talk to my mom to, to change her diet. She says it's too hard. She lives with, with a guy that's been diabetic his whole life, and it, it, it's too hard for her to change her diet. So, <laughs> But she shouldn't be eating all that stuff either, but he's, he's a little you know, hard-headed. You know, we talk about both keto and carnivore um, being very powerful neurological interventions. You know, diseases like MS that are neurological diseases. And that's what this particular um, CMT disease is, a neurological disease. And we've seen people cure MS, which is, you know, a pretty severe disease. We've talked about, um, you know, doctors that have done this. So I, I don't have a lot of stories and, you know, specific experience with this disease, but we know that keto and carnivore are powerful neurological interventions. So I'm pretty convinced that people would see big improvements if they changed their diet. Okay. Perfect. That's all I have for you. All right. That's all I need. All right, and that is going to bring us up. Uh, we're coming up on the um, uh, on the just about the end of the third hour today. Boy, the day flew by today, didn't it, Lauren? I can't believe we're at almost three hours already. I know it did go by pretty fast. Uh, we covered a lot of stuff today. Anything you want to uh, throw in to close with here today? No, I think that pretty much makes for a good ending for today um other than to remind everyone to join me on facebook live at healthy tribe to for at three o'clock eastern time where we will answer some questions that came in and talk about gut health excellent perfect All right. Don't miss that. Uh, Let's see. Oh, don't forget the 50% off flash sale. There's a lot of products in the store right now. 50% off. Go stock up. Um, Get some of the mushroom adaptogens, whatever we have in stock right now, and keep your eyes out over the next couple of days. Uh, Start experimenting with these. I'd love to get some feedback from people. This is kind of like the last piece of the puzzle for me. I've got to get some of the adaptogens and the supplements out and get a little more widespread testing. So help me out. And store sales are how we fund everything else. So help us out. It's a win-win. Lauren, thanks as always. Um, Thank you. Thanks for doing your uh, Facebook Live later today. We'll do this again next week. I will see you back here tomorrow for a free-for-all. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.